Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. We're back. Two days off because of Auburn softball last week, but that does not deter us. Sports Call is on the air on a Monday Good afternoon. I am not Ryan Lavoy. I am Brooks Childress filling in this afternoon. Ryan Lavoy taking a couple much-needed days off. He was off on Friday, but of course, folks out there wouldn't know that. We didn't have a show on Friday, but he is off today today again, and he should be back tomorrow. Uh, we're expecting him back tomorrow. He's on a beach somewhere, hopefully enjoying a nice uh, a nice frosted drink while he enjoys his couple of days off. Much-needed, uh, much-deserved days off from Mr. Ryan Lavoy, but I'm Brooks Childress. Tom Peavy's in the studio with me today. We are expecting Cam Barry to be in here in just a little bit as well. Brant Daughtry, who usually is also on the Monday show, out today, also not in the studio. So it's a, it, it's a bullpen day, as I like to call it, and we are excited to talk all things Auburn sports. The world of sports had a big sports weekend for you this past weekend. Your news from Auburn basketball today, uh, head coach Bruce Pearl met with some media members today at his charity golf tournament up in Alex City, so we'll talk about some of his comments from today, some uh, news from the NBA draft world concerning Auburn basketball players over the weekend. We'll talk about that. Auburn baseball, another sweep of the, or th- this time of the Ole Miss Rebels, first time they've swept in Oxford since 2012, and so they continue their hot streak, Auburn softball. Uh, bounced out of the SEC tournament on Friday in the semifinals and then learned their ten- tournament destination uh, for the NCAA tournament yesterday, last night. A lot of people not happy with it. A lot of people expected a little bit, uh, expected to be hosting this coming week, but the uh, Tigers will be traveling, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And, of course, uh, the, the pro pro sports world continues to, to swirl around. Auburn football continues to dive around in the portal. We learned some... Uh, some landing destinations for some former Auburn Tigers around the country over the weekend. And so we got a lot to talk about today. As I said, I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy in the studio with me right now. Tom. Hello. How was I, your weekend? I am Tom Peavy. You are. Uh, You're we, one and only show of the week with us. Yeah, because I, I will be heading down to uh, the Mobile, I will, not the Mobile area, to Mobile uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, got a uh, graduation, high school graduation to attend down there. And so, uh, yeah, going to be a... One and only show for me this week, and uh, before I hit the road, but uh, yeah, weekend was good. And uh, man, Auburn baseball is just on just scorching hot right now. Yeah. I mean, you say they're on fire in fuego, <laughs> however you want to, they are just red hot at the moment. Um, and man, what a perfect time to, to get red hot right here at the end of the yeah. season. Uh, they have definitely solidified themselves into the uh, the, the NCAA tournament. Uh, whereas just a few weeks ago they were listed as a first four out, and all of a sudden they—I mean—a fire has gotten lit up under them. Uh, you come off that series win over LSU, which included a mercy rule win. You turn around and get a mercy rule win on the first game against Ole Miss. Yep, and darn near get mercy rules uh, victories in the in the following two. 
And so, uh, yeah, big time there. Uh, big time series coming up this weekend here at home to wrap things up uh, for the regular season, and then we'll just kind of see where the chips fall as far as SEC tournament and all that goes. Softball, man, very disappointing. Uh, you know, you you just you felt like you had it in the bag uh, right there against South Carolina, and then you didn't. Yeah, and man, just a heartbreaker when that uh they smacked that two run homer. It's just like, oh, yeah. wow, really? Two outs in the seventh. Two outs in the seventh, and you're thinking that you got it, and all of a sudden she just crushes one. And, and of course, the Auburn's offense was not doing anything really against the uh, the pitcher that South Carolina had in there. Yeah. She's one of the better pitchers in the conference. So, yeah, disappointing there, and uh, disappointing that Auburn has to hit the road for the uh, – uh, for regional play, but uh, you know, seating overall was weird. Yeah, I mean, there there was some weird stuff all through the seedings with that. But uh, Braves not good. Um, yeah, I didn't even mention the Braves lost yeah. four in a row, swept up in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. got so, a still on the road tonight. They take on the Texas Rangers for yeah. three starting tonight. So yeah, gotta get some, that right. Some good, some bad, some ugly. So that, that's how you would describe your weekend: some good, some bad, some ugly. Sure. Cam, how are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, it's been a good relaxing weekend, uh, watching a bunch of sports, watching a lot of NBA. Uh, conference finals are officially set. Um, and, man, just watching Jason Tatum play basketball yesterday was a thing of beauty. Yeah, 51 uh, points. Yeah, I mean, just insane. Breaking the record in Game 7 that Steph had previously set in the first round, um, not even a whole month ago. So just mind-boggling that this um about about just i mean all everything that he's done just and it's been a really great nba playoffs i've really really enjoyed watching it um and seeing you know all these players i I just i love the nba so much um and yeah you know the stuff with baseball awesome they are killing it uh they've really kind of heated up in the back half of things it kind of seems like butch thompson's teams kind of um have that about them where you know they are kind of struggling and figuring it out throughout the regular season and then as things um really get to crunch time they really start to show uh their true colors and and they're on a hot streak four series wins now uh in a row i think if i if that's correct um, I think so. And, uh, I mean, just against, you know, some real resume building yeah. uh, wins. And now you're, uh, you got this last one against Mizzou, uh, close out strong and, and continue. And, and you can really position yourself, you know, maybe even potentially to host. And that could be really, really surprising. You know, he thought softball was going to be the one that was going to be guaranteed the hosting. And, and, you know, they were just out of the play, uh, the picture. Um, you know, they were probably around 17. Uh, nationally still think they probably should have hosted didn't really make much sense to Alabama was the five overall seed um, it seems like that really outside of conference schedule seems to have really bitten Auburn uh, softball but again they were third and they finished third in the SEC um, and they had the top two teams hosting and then the other I think the outside three uh, after Auburn, not Auburn, not hosting. And then the three teams after Auburn hosting. So it just doesn't make much sense how that, how the committee kind of figured that, you know, of all the teams that are hosting Auburn shouldn't, uh, they had a pretty, pretty good record throughout the season. They, they had some, some signature wins as well. Um, So it it just doesn't make too much sense, honestly. And the SEC is extremely tough as well. So that should have really boosted them. 
But I digress. They, they're not hosting. They're going to have to go to Clemson. Um, hopefully they, they just go in there with a chip on their shoulder. They, they got an awful draw overall. I mean, then they have to go to, to, you know, if they get out of this with Clemson, then they have to go to the Supers, and they have to deal with Oklahoma, who is clearly the best team in the nation. And they, Already you faced know, Oklahoma once right, this year. Right, already faced Oklahoma once this year, really two two very tough losses. Um, and, and so it's frustrating that you even have to go go back through that um, with everything that you went through th- your, uh, throughout the season if you're Auburn. So uh, that that is tough. And and, um, and then, like I said, Alabama's getting the fifth overall seed. It's just, it just doesn't make sense how yeah. they kind of came to that reasoning. Um, and, and it is frustrated. I would be extremely frustrated if I were on that so- um, the Auburn softball team. I'm, so, I'm frustrated as a fan, so there's no telling how they really feel. Um, but, um, with baseball, yeah, I mean, they're, they're killing it. So just, just keep it up with the bat of ball sports. And if you're the softball team, just go in with that chip in your shoulder and do as best you can. So we'll start things off on a Monday edition of sports call Brooks shoulders, Kim Berry, Tom Peavy in the studio today, Ryan Lavoie with a much needed couple days off here. We'll be back tomorrow with, uh, with us to host your, uh, Tuesday edition of sports call. want to give it, uh, go ahead and get this out there. Uh, as we get going here, we are experiencing an internet outage. So if you are, you know, tuning in on the radio when you usually listen on the app or something, or on the on on our website, the Tiger.fm, we do currently have an internet outage going on here at the station, and so we are not able to have the show streamed right now. We will have it later for you in a podcast. Hopefully, we get these issues resolved here before too too much longer. Uh, we we were given a timetable from. Uh, our internet provider slash phone company, and so hopefully we will get that uh, that uh, re- issue resolved. But as of right now, the only way to listen to Sports Call is over the air right here in the Auburn Oblaka area to be TGZ 95.9, and then later on our podcast feed. But we'll start things out last week. We'll start things out in the football world. Just a couple things to touch on with Auburn football. Uh, we, we saw a couple guys, the former Auburn Tigers, went to the portal uh, recently and they've found some new homes. And then also Hugh Freeze last week, at the end of last week, was up at the Regions Tradition uh, Charity Golf Tournament for, prior to the Regions Tradition PGA Tour Champions Tournament. Had to make some media round junkets, talked about the, you know, taking over at Auburn. Not a lot of, you know, not, not a lot of groundbreaking stuff. We, we kind of knew uh, some of his, you know, some of the things he talked about before. But, you know, Tiger's still looking in the, in the, in the portal uh, for to see if they could pull out some guys and, you know, there hasn't been a lot of movement there in the past week. They haven't seen a lot of stuff going on. But, guys, what what are our thoughts right now of the, the Auburn football with the portal going forward? What what are your what are you guys' biggest needs? You think right now after you've seen bringing in a couple, you know, a couple big things. You brought in a quarterback, brought in a wide yeah. receiver last week, brought in <clears throat> offensive linemen. Um, going forward, you know, like I said, not a lot of movement on the on the portal side of things right now. You're, things are starting to slow down a little bit. But Hugh Freeze talked about it last week. They're still looking around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's still some wide receivers out there. I think, uh, you know, if you talk about, like, a major position of need is you're one of trying to shore up that that wide receiver room with some – Really want some, that wide receiver. Yeah. You, well, you got Mon- – uh, it's Montana uh, – Monta- Lamonius uh, Craig. Yes, Lamonius Craig. From, from uh, Colorado. Colorado. Uh, but you've also got Keon Coleman from Michigan State who played with yep. uh, uh, the quarterback that Auburn got. You know, that's two names out there that – could be real big additions to the wide receiver group, which, um, yeah, the the North Texas wide receiver as well. Uh, North, that's right, um, North Texas shorter, wide receiver. Yeah, shorter. so obviously you can tell that 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 you freeze that staff know that you know wide receiver is a weak position, and they really need to fill some voids there. And so I, I feel like they're doing that. 
they already got the quarterback that they were looking for. Running backs, when you were going to be set, offensive line, it's going to be kind of, you know, let's see how it works out, but it feels like they've filled some needs Seems there. like it's stronger. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure. It's, it's, it's much stronger than it was previously, right? right? Like, I mean, bringing in, what, eight new mm-hmm. offensive linemen? Right. I mean, completely re- rebuilt the offensive line, right. at least. Uh, got some guys with some real experience. Got uh, those two guys out from, from Tulsa yeah. um, that have already worked with Montgomery. So, it, it, it's, I mean, it's looking up, at least, for the offensive line. It seems sure. like there's there's <clears throat> definitely some optimism there, uh, for sure. So, I, I would be excited about the offensive line, at the very least, right. compared to what it was right the past – Two seasons that we've been watching it, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why I think they've done a good job there. Uh, but yeah, they they I, they really seem like they want to land at least one or two more wide receivers, and I think that seems to be the big biggest area of need. Uh, defensive wise, uh, you know, linebacker, linebacker, yeah, um, could use one more. All right, but but I I think even then I I feel like they. They think they might be okay there, but they'll get one if they need to. But it, was, it feels like wide receiver was like the the one position that that Very staff much. was like, all right, no holes barred. We have got to get some wide receivers in here because it's not good at the moment. Right. And it feels like that's where the that biggest focus has been. So uh, I'd love to see them land a couple more receivers just to kind of shore that position up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, really, wide receiver is the big need, um, and I also think they're gonna get they're gonna go for one more linebacker. I think just a linebacker with a little bit more experience is what they're looking for. Um, I think they were looking at a guy who visited out of North Texas that's a transfer as well uh, that played with Shorter, um, and then um, yeah, I, I really think that's about it. The DB room seems to be pretty set. Safeties are set. All that you know, no fly zone out there. There, those guys are always. Um, pretty set out there with all when it comes to Auburn um and yeah just wide receiver and linebacker the two main ones that I can really think that are true position of need at this point uh and I mean if you're Hugh Freeze if those two are the last two that you're really really you know are pushing for then I would be pretty proud and and from what he's done just in this in this period and he hasn't even played a you know he hasn't even coached a game yet um I'm extremely optimistic as to what this team could be. Um, you know, he, he's he's really rebuilt it, and he's recruited like crazy, um, brought in a lot of new guys, a lot of new faces, and um, it, it's going to be an exciting um, fall, I think. I think there's some real optimism with the fans as well, uh, so it, it would not surprise me at all. This this team could be could be pretty good, a lot a lot better than a lot of people have expected. The, the one thing – it's kind of weird how the it's kind of weird how things have changed like in the trending like you you now you feel like football may be trending upwards a little bit just right. it feels a little bit better but if you look across the way at basketball it almost kind of feels like it's trending down now yeah and because they've been just swinging and missing on some recruits and uh you know and now Janai broom there's now a very real possibility that Janai broom does not come back because of the way yeah. he's been showing out. Uh, he got the combine. The yeah. He got the, he, he got, got the, called up to yeah. the combine because I mean he was showing out in Absolutely. in the G League camp. So now there's that real possibility that you lose Janai. Uh, and like I said, they've been missing on some of their other targets and the transfer portal thing. We you know everybody's salivating over uh, Julian Phillips and some of these other guys, but I mean they'd have to get a waiver to come here because they missed the the May first deadline to uh, yeah. be able to transfer within the conference. And I don't know if they would get that waiver. So. Uh, yeah, I mean the 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 feelings towards football right now 
feel like they're moving in a more positive way, and it feels like the basketball is is trending down, which I, I hate to see. I'm hoping they hurry up and get that fixed. Yeah, and we'll talk more about basketball as we go along. Uh, getting ready to head to our first break here. A couple more news and notes from around football over the weekend, Auburn football over the weekend. Uh, just a little bit ago, it was announced that former Auburn edge rusher Dylan Brooks announced he was transferring to Kansas, joins Lance Leopold's team up there at Kansas, so stays in the Power Five. We'll go to the Jayhawks in the in the Big 12. And so we, you know, as, as Gus Malzahn used to say, wish him nothing but the best. And so he, he joins that staff up there in Kansas. A Kansas football team that's kind of kind of gone up here in the recent two. Like you were saying, football, Auburn football's gone up. Kansas football has, yeah. has started to take a few steps forward under Lance Leopold. And so they actually got good game things. day there. They, they did. They got game day there. Maybe they can get them back this year. Former Auburn quarterback over the weekend, T.J. Finley, found a home in the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, I know a lot of people were thinking he would maybe go back to closer to home. He, he kind of went closer back to home. A lot of people were thinking he was going to go to <laughs> southeast Louisiana. Uh, but he stayed in Division One FBS level, went to the Sun Belt, Texas State. So he'll compete for the starting quarterback role at Texas State. He'll uh, go up against some Alabama teams this year in South Alabama. Troy staying that, uh, in the Sun Belt. And so T.J. Finley has found a home away from Auburn. And, of course, over the weekend you saw the XFL – First ever XFL season owned by uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, the XFL came to an end with the the, um, the Arlington Renegades yep. winning the winning the title. Bob Stoops getting another championship under his belt. Former Auburn Tiger Sal Canella, Devontae Lambert, Mike Horton, and Javarius Davis were all on that team for the uh, Arlington a Renegades getting a getting a championship this weekend. So congrats to them as well. That's a look around Auburn football as we start off this Monday edition of Sports Call. Let's go ahead and head to our first break of the afternoon. When we come back, we go to our birthdays and sports segment. And of course, coming up here very shortly, we have the Auburn Bank phone line for your phone calls. 334-887-341 locally or toll free. one 888 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We'll be right back after this. For another way to listen to our show, be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. This is Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Monday edition of Sports Call rolls on. I'm Brooks Childress filling in for Ryan Lavoy, Tom Peavy, Cam Berry joining me in studio. Cam Berry, also not a usual Monday guest, but yeah, Brant's also not up, here. Man. Tom's the only one that's usually on Monday that's in the studio today. Switching things yeah. up, man. We had to go to the bullpen. Man, I'm bullpen not going to be here Wednesday or Friday. Yeah. So get you on, yeah, get, get you on, on this week. That's why I was saying get I'm not going to be here Tuesday or Wednesday. Man. We're just oh, all just kind of. I'm going to be here all week, so I don't know what everybody else is doing. Ryan's not here today. Brant's not here today. You guys aren't going to be here the rest of the week. <laughs> I'm just, You're all out of you know, way. I'm here. I, I took a week off, like a you know, couple weeks ago, and now oh, I'm here just forever. Just to get married, no big deal. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, just to get hitched. 
Everybody, ever since I've come back from my from the honeymoon, everybody's been leaving me. <laughs> people have been going out of town. People have been coming and going. Everyone, just no one wants to stick around with me anymore. So sorry, bro. Is it because of the the ring? Like yeah. y'all y'all see the ring and you're like, nah, just he's kind of lame now. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were lame to begin with before you ever got married. <laughs> Thank <so>. you. <laughs> I'm glad you're honest, Tom. That's what I'm here for. Three three four honest eight, comic relief. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. If you don't want to leave me either, you can call in. Uh, so we are rolling along on a Monday. As I said, it's uh, two two new guys on Monday show. One usual suspect, Tom Peavy. And it's time for our favorite segment of the day. It's time for birthdays and sports. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. That transition could have been better, and so can your <laughs> bank. Head over to Max Credit Union. Two locations in the Auburn Opelika area. Gay Street in Auburn. Frederick Road over in Opelika. Let Max Credit Union go to work for you and your money. Visit them today. Also, a lot of locations around East Central Alabama. So stop by your local branch today. Birthdays and sports, Cam. Yeah, you're new on Mondays. Yeah, we don't we don't let you read enough. I don't think. Like yeah. we don't hand you enough stuff to read. So nah. we're gonna let you read the birthdays today. All right, sounds like a plan. Got a bunch of great birthdays today. Actually, starting off with George Brett, uh, turning seventy today. Former third baseman for the Kansas City Royals. Brett was born in West Virginia and raised in Los Angeles. Out of high school, he was drafted by the Royals in the second round in 1971 and made his major league debut in 73. Brett spent 21 years as the third baseman for the Royals, compiling a Hall of Fame career. He is one of five players in MLB history to accumulate 3,000 hits, 300 homers, and a 300 batting average. He's the only player in MLB history to win a batting title in three different decades. He's a 13-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger, one-time Gold Glove winner, three-time AL batting champion, one-time AL MVP, one-time ALCS MVP, and a one-time World Series champion. His number five is retired by the Royals, and he is a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Sheesh. George Brett's one of those guys that even if you didn't watch him play baseball, which I didn't watch him play baseball, you right. know who he is and you know what yeah. how, how important he is to the well, sport. Well, he, he has one of the most famous come unglued on a umpire moments in the history of Major League Baseball. It was over the pine tar. The pine tar was too high up on his bat, yeah. which apparently is illegal. And the Yankees manager, uh, Billy Martin, told the umpires hey check the bat i think it's illegal and they laid it down and they threw him out of the game and he came racing out of the i mean just lost it huh, came out it. of the dugout and i mean just went ballistic the more you know up next the name that we are all very familiar with john smoltz yes, is turning sir. 56 today former mlb pitcher most well known for his time with the atlanta braves Smoltz was born in Michigan and was a star in both baseball and basketball in high school. He was drafted by the Tigers in 1985 and traded to Atlanta in 87. He debuted for the Braves in 1988 and played 21 of his 22 seasons with Atlanta. He was an eight-time All-Star, one-time Cy Young winner, one-time Silver Slugger winner, one-time NL Reliever of the Year, two-time NL Wins Leader, two-time NL Strikeout Leader, one-time NL saves leader, one-time NLCS MVP, and one-time World Series champion. He holds several Braves records and is one of two players in MLB history to have both a 21 season and a 50 save season. That's 
incredible. That's his. His number 29 is retired by the Braves, and he is a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Turning you know, 54 today. What'd you, what, uh, what'd you I was going to say, you know, it is just it is just a shame. And I know we, we talk about it every once in a while, and Braves fans talk about it every once in a while. It's a shame that the the three, three-headed monster of Smoltz, Glavin, and Maddox have one world title. Yeah. Yeah, true. Ah, for so. for the Braves, like, it's just travesty, travesty. I agree. Turning fifty four today, Emmett Smith, former NFL running back, most known for his time with the Cowboys. Smith was born in Florida, where he was a two time state champion in football. He played at Florida, where he was a three time All SEC champ uh, selection and a one time All American. He set several records at Florida and is a member of the Florida Ring of Honor. Let's go Gators! He was drafted 17th overall. Oh, excuse me, I didn't give him the pause. No, you're fine. I was I was, wa- I was watching and waiting for you to do a natural pause there. He was drafted 17th overall by the Cowboys in 1990 and played 12 of his 14 seasons in Dallas. He is an eight-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro, four-time NFL rushing yards leader, four-time NFL rushing touchdowns leader, one-time NFL MVP, one-time Super Bowl MVP, and three-time Super Bowl champion. He leads the NFL record. He holds the NFL records for most career rushing yards, touchdowns, and attempts. He is a member of the College Football and NFL Halls of Fame. Uh, just a quick note on that. It, that's uh, you talk to uh, Auburn fans that are back from back yeah. in the eighties and they always talk about Emmett Smith as one of the ones that got away. Uh apparently he picked this is before I followed Auburn, but apparently he picked Florida over he picked Florida over Auburn and I think a lot of people at Auburn thought that Emmett Smith was going to be coming here Interesting. and be uh, part of that oh. that long line of great running yeah, backs that gosh. had come before him. Yeah, that would. And uh, because he would have he would have come in shortly after Bo. Man. Oh my gosh, and, that would have uh, been insane. And, but he chose Florida. Man, yeah, it is what it is. Turning fifty three today, um, Desmond Howard, former NFL wide receiver, born uh, in Cleveland, where he was a high school star in football, basketball, and track. He played college at Michigan. Go blue where he set multiple school and NCAA records as a as a returner and receiver. As a senior in 1991, he was a unanimous All-American and won several awards, including the Heisman Trophy. His number 21 is retired by Michigan. He, he was taken fourth overall by the Redskins in 1992 and played 11 seasons in the NFL for various teams. He's a one-time All-Pro and a one-time Pro Bowler. In 1990, while with Green Bay, he won a Super Bowl and was named Super Bowl MVP. Sheesh. Now he sits on college game day. Yeah, now he's most known to call for college game day. Turning 48 today, Ray Lewis, former linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. Lewis was born in Florida and was a high school All-American in football and a state champion in res- uh, state champion wrestler. Lewis played college football at Miami. Let's go you! Where he was a two-time All-American and set several school records. He was taken 26th overall by the Ravens in 1996, the school's first year of exis- existence. That, oh, the team's first year of existence. Excuse me. Man, he was a real lifer. Yeah. For real. <laughs> he played in Baltimore for 17 years and was a 13-time Pro Bowler, 10-time All-Pro, 3-time NFL Tackles Leader, 2-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, 2-time Super Bowl Champion, and a 1-time Super Bowl MVP. He holds the NFL records for career total tackles, career solo tackles, and solo tackles in a season. He is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And lastly, I was going to say his his dance when he'd sack the quarterback oh was just legendary. It, it 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 still probably haunts a few quarterbacks. Yeah, 
Ray Lou is truly a, a legend in, in, in the NFL. Turning 83 today, Don Nelson, former NBA player and coach. Nelson was born in Illinois and played college basketball at Iowa. Go Hawkeyes. Go Hawkeyes. <laughs> Go Hawkeyes, he says. He played four years for the Hawkeyes and left the, left the program as the school's all-time leading scorer. He was drafted 17th overall in 1962 by the Chicago Zephyrs, eventually yes. landing with the Celtics, where he would spend 11 seasons and win five championships. His number 19 is retired in Boston. He retired in 1976 and became an assistant coach with Milwaukee, being named head coach midway through the season. He eventually became GM of the team as well and was a front office member and coach until 2010. He was three-time NBA Coach of the Year and at the time of his retirement held the record for most wins by a coach in NBA history. He is a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame. And those are your birthdays in sports. Let, just, let me just read this list off to you folks again. George Brett, Joan Smoltz, Emmett Smith, Desmond Howard, Ray Lewis, Don Nelson. That's a great birthday. If you were born on May 12th, you are meant to be a legend. May 15th? May 15th. I'm looking at this day right here. May 15th. It's May the 15th. It is the 15th. Yeah. I mean, it, this is it. This is an impressive list of birthdays. Like, this could be one of the better ones that we've gotten, had put together in our, in our time yeah, to put that, doing this birthdays a, This is a top list for sure. Birthdays and sports brought to you by our friends over at Max Credit Union. Like I said, visit them. One of their local branches today, 334-887-341, locally toll-free, one trip, late nine, Tiger 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We go to the Auburn Bank phone line on the other side of this break. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Give us a call to join sports call at 334-887-341 locally or toll free at one 888 9 Auburn Bank is the proud sponsor of the sports call phone line. About to hit that Auburn Bank phone line, so get your calls in. We'll be taking the rest of the show going forward. Not that we weren't earlier, but now wide open give us a call want to remind everybody are we're still undergoing a uh, experiencing an internet outage here at the station so if you're trying to stream us online you're listening to us over the air we apologize the app uh, app's not able to stream right now the website the tiger.fm is not able to stream right now hopefully we get that uh that resolved we have been in contact with the internet providers phone company and so they are actively working on the uh on on it and hopefully we will get that resolved here before the end of the show and we are able to uh, get that back up and running, but then also able to get the podcast up and running. So we should uh, we we have the podcast recording, uh, but due to internet, we'll we'll see what time we can get that uploaded. 
as I said, 334-887-341 locally, toll free one 9 tiger 9 is how you get on that Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today, and as we do oh so often, we go to that Auburn Bank phone line, and it is... War Damn Steve. Retired War Damn Steve joins us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Steve, how are you doing on this wonderful Monday? Well, thanks for asking, guys. It's pouring down raining right now. Uh-oh. But uh, could you hear your voice, uh, Mr. Brooks? Yes, sir. Uh, married man also. And uh, Tom and Cam? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Uh, let's get to the good and the bad and the really ugly. What you want first? Let's do the really ugly. Get the bad out of get it. Get it out of the way. The really ugly, okay. Uh, I could have said it better than this person. These kids have done everything we've asked them to do. We told them all along there would be a reward at the end, and now this. Uh, is it South Alabama softball? No. Okay. Mr. Uh, Mickey Dean. Okay. Auburn softball. Yeah. So, guys, I heard your comments, and uh, I just got through reading uh, Mr. Philip Marshall's column on this, and he has some really good thoughts on here. Uh, but this is jaw-dropping in more ways than one. I mean, he used that word, I think, uh, uh, travesty, uh, right, uh, Brooks, earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, travesty is an under um, – uh, I mean, I can't find the words for this uh, uh, vomit. Uh, you know, it, but it's a constant theme. Uh, and I, I welcome Jeff, Anthony, Luke, Keith, anybody uh, to call in and rebut me. However, in my uh, over 50 years of Auburn uh, sports, uh, loving it, it's a common theme, as far as I'm concerned, that if there's a selection committee involved in a sports tournament – Somehow, Auburn will be ignored or be somehow dismissed. And uh, it just, just uh, and even uh, Phil Marshall mentioned in his article uh, that normally, if a team wins as many games as in softball as Auburn uh, did and has beaten six, has won six out of eight SEC uh, uh, games and won those series, six out of eight. Uh, you will get to be, and also you're ranked number three in, in uh, your conference, you'll get to be uh, an SEC host. In fact, I didn't know this was all read from Bill Marshall. We are the only number three ranked team in a in the five major conferences uh, that did not get seated as a uh, host uh, team. And then I went to read on the far, farther, I can tell you about this. Apparently, Utah was the team that was chosen over us be the last uh, host-seeded team. Why? Because they won the Pac-12 tournament by beating number two UCLA, who Phil Marshall says was a game that was utterly meaningless, in his words, because it didn't matter to them. And two weeks earlier, UCLA had trounced Utah 24-4 to in a three-game series. There. Yeah. Uh, so that's my grumbling and whining. Uh, I want to hear your comments, guys, from what I said. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you look at this, and I think a lot of people, and it's not just the Auburn sphere, I think there's a lot of people in the national sphere that are, that are kind of scratching their heads at what the selection committee did here uh, last night when you look at the, the, the way the softball bracket uh, worked its way out. I, I think going into the weekend, or at least going into the SEC tournament, it was, you know, Auburn was still right there. Is like they, they may not host, there, there's, you know, they got to do some work. Uh, and I, under, in my opinion, you know, that they, when they lost in the semifinals, I was still on the fence that they would be get to host. 
and I, I think you know. So I, I wasn't going to be as upset if they didn't get to host. I think the 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 part that's really upsetting is like you said, Auburn is the only number three that didn't get national seed. Everybody else did, and then also you look at it, and there were teams that finished behind them in the SEC. I yeah, e., right that now, Bruce, that get I'm got. Here. Auburn was passed over by three teams that finished lower in the conference standings. Yeah, and that I think that's the more upsetting part is that I I was not when on Friday. After Auburn lost to South Carolina, I said I'm uh, I, I'm going to be fine if Auburn does not host. I, I think that, that because they lost to South Carolina, I'm going to be fine. But the fact that they were passed over by teams that finished either below or finished below them, and even so, didn't get further than them in in the tournament, uh, th- I think that that's that's where you got to start asking questions of why was this? Why did this happen? Well, I read here that uh, Utah uh, had a 24 RPI rating. Apparently that didn't stop them from being hosting, and uh, the jaw-dropping part was Alabama being ranked uh, national seed five, and then Tennessee number five. And the real joke was, how in the world did LSU get uh, tip uh, seeding, guys? Yeah, that's. I mean, that that's a really we good... beat both those damn teams. Uh, we 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 won two out of three in the series. Yeah, and it's that that's a great question. I wish I wish that we could have. Uh, someone from the selection committee, you know, in, in front of us to ask those questions. I, it, it feels like, and I don't know if this is true, but it feels like they put a little more weight in the RPI category than than some, you know, than than other categories. And but still, you know, when you look at you know where Alabama was put, they were a five seed in the nation. They finished fifth in the conference, and they were, I believe, they were twelfth in RPI. So neither of those. Would would give you the five num, number five overall seed in the country, but they they stuck them there anyway. I, I don't know what the I, I don't know what their formula was that they used, but it, it feels like they put a little more weight on that RPI side of things than than other than other categories that you were looking at. Well, uh, Brooks, since you asked, uh, of course these selection committees, whether it's football or not, they're always not very held accountable to anything, and they're always secretive in their formula. But this is what this actually comes from uh, now. Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, website. It says, when asked about the Crimson Tide Selection Committee, Chair Kelly Gatewood told ESPN the following. Its seating was due to Alabama's full resume, what the hell that means, and that it didn't factor in the knee injury to ace pitcher Montana Fouts. Six top ten wins in strength of schedule were the key components. Okay, so I dug deeper into that. You know, fair enough, they played uh, some highly ranked teams uh, that we didn't play. However, this was not due to scheduling. They were in a tournament that apparently it was the luck of the draw. They got the teams that they played, and they beat them. We didn't get the same highly ranked teams, except for Indiana we played, uh, uh, for for those teams. So it had nothing to do with scheduling. A lot of people are alluding to that. Well, uh, Mickey Dean should have known better. No, and no again. And then the really uh, abomination is the easiest path to the uh, tournament championship game is who? Alabama again. They play no, I think, no top 10 ranked teams or top 20 ranked teams in their path. Am I wrong or right? Uh, I, I think you're right. And who we got to play? Oklahoma. Yeah. And but, and then, you know, you, you, you talk about how they, they uh, said that they didn't factor in those injuries. You look at March Madness seeding, there's a lot of times that you'll have a really good team and they will come into the tournament and one of their top guys will get hurt. 
and then they will they'll the the selection committee will say, well, we're going to put them down a couple seats because your top guy's not there anymore. So we're going to we're gonna knock you down a couple. Obviously, that didn't factor in here because if if Montana Fouts cannot pitch uh, in in this NCAA tournament, that region gets a whole lot more interesting uh, up, up there in Tuscaloosa. So to make a long story short, guys, you know it is what it is. Uh, our team can only do what they can do on the field, and that's what I want to get to. Uh, I, I don't know in my life if I live long enough to see, but, you know, I think all this crap about selection committee, that's why I call it, okay, whether it's football, basketball, softball, uh, gymnastics, all that nonsense, why can't it just be based on the performance on the field? You know, like the, uh, I don't know, the NBA does it, uh, the NFL does it, uh, the NHL does it, uh, MLB does it. Why can't they just be... And by the way, Division Two football does it. There's no selection committee there. So what is it that's going to take, guys, to finally do away with damn selection committees and your seeding or your uh, playing into a tournament depends on your performance on the field and not on some damn people who decide, hey, you know, we really like that team because of their name. Uh, you know, that's a great question. I, I think that one thing that you run into the problem, uh, and I'd really like to know how uh, how the FCS does it, uh, is, you know, you, you get down to these tiebreakers and, and say, you know, Michigan, you know, we'll take two random teams, say Michigan and Oregon have the exact same record, exact same conference record, and you got to go down the, the tiebreakers so they didn't, you know, say they didn't have any common opponents, you got to keep going. It, it, I'd, I'd like to know how the FCS does that because there's no way that all those teams – can you know have play each other and have have all the same tiebreaker stuff? So I'd really like to know. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's what I'd like to. I'd like to know how the FCS does it. And I, and I wish I wish it, we right? had internet that I could look it up. I wish they knew somebody explained this. Why did the FCS do it? And there's no debate there, but it can't be done at our level. Yeah, that that's a great question. That that would be something to bring up to the to the NCAA. And and I wish, like I said, I wish we had the internet here that we could look that up and see what, what their process is. And if you can't do more than what Auburn did in softball, beat your opponents who are ranked higher than you and get seated higher than you, what are you supposed to do? That's a great question. I mean, you beat LSU two out of three. Yep. You beat Alabama at their place two yep. out of three. Yeah. Uh, you, what, I mean, what else do you have to do? You have to sweep them. You put in. You, okay. You put in the work, and and you know Auburn even went went so far as to to cancel that last Alabama State game uh, that was supposed to be you know yeah, a couple Wednesdays ago, chance, so they could right. kind of save that RPI, and it, it didn't really help them. And Bill Marshall Boston, he said he didn't think so, but now he's changed his views on this. That uh, politics have very much to do with this, but now he's convinced otherwise. Because uh, he said on the, on the weekend. Uh, he's, he knows for, for quite some time, and even Coach Mickey Dean mentioned it, that uh, certain teams get a lot more publicity on the SEC network than yeah. other teams do. And it's not based on the merit of their performance, but rather maybe on their name brand, because he said very little has been said over the season about uh, the, the pitching acumen of uh, you know our softball pitcher, Miss Pinto, uh, who got SEC coach. I'm mean, player uh, pitcher of the year, yeah. but Montana Fast was constantly uh, mentioned, uh, and other people. And uh, then he says that certain, uh, let's say, certain coaches in the SEC. He mentioned him, Alabama's coach, you know, C's coach, uh, Shoes coach, seem to have a lot more support, and they're a lot more, I guess, politically savvy than apparently um, 
our coaches at Auburn uh, have, and that apparently that seems to have some degree of influence. Uh, what's your guys' take on Phil Marshall's uh, views on that? Uh, I mean, it, you know, there, there's a lot of politicking, politicking that goes on, and and, and it's it, it's about it, it's really when it comes down to it, it's about who's going to get eyeballs to the TV when you look at like ESPN and such, and they know, you know, Montana Fouts established herself as a as a national uh, one of the top pitchers in the nation last couple years, and so talked about her a lot. Obviously, Maddie Pinta's the best pitcher in the conference. She won the 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 SEC Pitcher of the Year, but it was you know Auburn down not not down. But they weren't in the national spotlight as much these last couple of years, and so they, you know, Maddie Pinto's kind of flown under the radar a little bit, and she's very good. She doesn't need to fly under the radar. She she's one of the top pitchers in the country. Uh, but it, it's all about when when you look at ESPN, it's all about who's going to get the eyeballs there, the big brands, the people what people know, and especially in softball where you know you don't have as many diehard fans that are you know watching the 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 the, the games week in and week out like you do with football and basketball. People know, you know, these certain coaches and they know these certain players. And so ESPN's going to push those to the front so that they can continue to keep those eyeballs on them. Even though Miss Pinta actually statistically outperformed Montana Fowler. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, Ma- Maddie Pinta, you know, so she what won- did that tell you? What does that tell you? It seems like, you know, even on the field, performance-wise, that doesn't seem to, to have the impact that you would think it would have objectively. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you you'll probably see once since we get into this NCAA tournament, the the more Auburn goes into it, the more you're going to see Maddie Pinta's name thrown on the ESPN and SEC Network and such. But you know, it, it's it's just a, it's it's about getting eyeballs, and so it, it they look at those national brands and people who've been established themselves in in the sport. Okay, well let's move on. You guys made a comment about uh, Janiah Broom, and I wish him all the best. However, let me let you know this bit of uh, statistics. You know, numbers don't lie, right? Yeah. Only those who interpret them do. And that's selection committees. Just but, about uh, three minutes left, Steve. Uh, this uh, thing about his being invited to the combine, which is great. I didn't know this until Phil Marshall brought it up. Seven people were, uh, well, were went to the uh, combine last year uh, in college basketball. None of them, zero, were drafted. Yeah. Okay. So there's not a lot of stock you put into Janiah Bruce being invited to the combine. It means that he's going to be a draft pick because none were draft picks last year. Yeah, seven no. were invited. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I mean, I think definitely it's just a good sign for him, honestly. It's no guarantee that he gets drafted. I was going to say – uh, when Tom was talking about that, I still think Janai is going to come back to Auburn. I don't think he's going to get drafted. This is a really, really deep draft. Now, next year, I think he goes, and I think he sticks. I think he gets drafted. Um, but this year, uh, it, it's such a deep draft, and next year's draft is not near as strong, especially at his position. Um, I, I think that he'll have a better chance of, of going to a better situation next season rather than um, this season and, and trying to fight it out, maybe go to the G League, play things like that. Better just come back to college, uh, keep working on your game and all that, maybe, you know, and, and compete um, rather than than the latter. So I still think that he uh, he will come back, but it's cool that he did get the invite. He did play really, really well at the G League uh, at the Ignite Camp, uh, and that was really good to see. I mean, he almost absolutely dominated, really, especially in that first game. Uh, so I, I um, you know, it's good that he can compete at that level with these guys. Obviously, a lot of them are still college guys. 
Um, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm just glad to see that he got an invite to the combine. Uh, I'm sure, you know, he still might end up coming back. Uh, we still, I think we have until about June to decide that. So he, he's got plenty of time. So, um, you know, just wish him well, happy for him, obviously, of course. Um, but I, I still think we can expect to see him back in an Auburn jersey, unless unless he goes absolutely insane at the combine and his stock really, really jumps up. Um, but I don't see that um, happening as just, of right now. Just a minute and a half left, Steve. Sure. And I know you too, Cam. I hope it does come back selfishly. Um, but I think it's not that he got invited. Okay, real quickly, guys. You know the NCAA Men's Golf Regional started today. Yeah, Auburn uh, is tied for third after third the first round. Right, with TCU. Yep. So um, that, that looks promising and encouraging. So with that said, guys, hey, thank you for my uh, grumbling whining time that you allotted me today. So my time is up for whining. Uh, so you guys have a rest of the uh, evening and afternoon, uh, a uh, enjoyable one and a relaxing one. So we'll do this again uh, tomorrow. That's yes, a sir. promise. All right, guys. War Eagle. War Eagle. That was War Damn Steve on the line there, complaining about you know the seating and stuff for for Auburn and softball, which can't really blame him. So totally understandable. To- totally understandable. Things could be things could always be worse. I don't agree with where Auburn softball got seated. I I felt like that. Yeah, they if they put some of those others in host positions, then Auburn definitely deserved that. However, it could be worse. I mentioned South Alabama. Yeah, uh, South Sal- Alabama did get. South Alabama does not make the NCAA softball tournament despite a 20-4 and conference record and a 42 RPI. Texas State does make it with a 13-9-1 and conference record and a 39 EPR. And uh, South Alabama also beat Texas State two out of three. So a 24-in record and a 42 RPI does not even get you in the tournament. It's, but Texas State with a 13-9 and and a 39 RPA gets in. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of people out there scratching their heads of what, what happened last night in the, with the selection committee, and uh, we'll talk more about that as we go along in the show. We'll talk more about Auburn softball going to the NCAA tournament as going on in the show. It's time for the top of the hour break. When we come back right after this, we chat with Kevin Ives, Auburn Plainsman Parking Lot, talking about a big weekend in Auburn baseball. One hour's down, one hour coming up. And in a third hour coming up a little bit later, you'll listen to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, 
Auburn's, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call on a Monday coming at you right now on WTGZ Tiger 95.9. I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, Cam Berry in the studio with me. Here. We had a great first hour. If you missed any of it, I'm sure a lot of you did with our internet issues. You can go back and check that out on the podcast after the show is done today. Like I said uh, in the first hour, second hour, as we start the second hour, some folks getting in their cars, maybe heading home. Want to tell everybody we are experiencing some internet outage here at the station, and so we are working to get that fixed. We've been in contact with our internet provider; they are working on it. And so right now there is no stream, and hopefully we'll be able to get the podcast up in a timely manner tonight after the show. But no guarantees. But I, what I can guarantee you is that we can go back to the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341, locally toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9, and talk to our favorite Monday guests, and it's our favorite Monday guests especially, to talk to after an Auburn sweep of an SEC team over the weekend. It's Kevin Ives, AU Plainsman Parking Lot on Twitter. Kevin, how are you doing on this Monday? I'm doing great, Brooke. How are you? I am doing fantastic. It is, uh, a, you know, it's a story we've gotten used to hearing. Auburn's won a as an SEC series here of late. Auburn swept Ole Miss over the weekend. What what was that like? You know, you, you did you make the trip to Oxford or how did you take in the series this weekend? I did not make the trip to Oxford. Uh, I was thinking about it for a while early, earlier in the season, um, but with it being a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series and Mother's Day, um, ended up not making the trip. So honestly, after the first game got rained out. Um, and ended up having the double header on Friday. Just, I, I did some nerdy stuff. I put together some tabletop figurines and, and painted them and listened to Rod and Andy on the call and kept up with the game and stuff like that. But it was good to, to catch up and kind of have a, a weekend um, outside of Auburn um, and, or outside of going up to the deck to kind of just sit back and relax and enjoy the sweep. And, yeah, Auburn's been pretty hot lately. I think that this will be the – after Mississippi State, LSU – um, South Carolina and now Ole Miss, that's, that's four straight SEC series. And after they, you know, how they started in the league, to be in the position they are now, uh, one game above 500, um, the potential to increase that this weekend with the final home series, um, it's, it's really all positive. And you have to really be, really admire the turnaround of the team and, and not kind of packing it in um, after the start of SEC play and kind of finishing strong. And the job's not done yet. This is going to be a huge series this weekend. For multiple reasons, but um, yeah, it's definitely very exciting. The the sweep in Oxford was unexpected. Um, you, you probably thought Auburn could get the win. I don't know, the sweep was and how they swept was really kind of unexpected to me. Um, but yeah, first SC's first um, series win in Oxford since like 2012. So definitely a huge weekend all around for Auburn baseball. Well, Kevin, obviously, uh, you know the pitching has been a big thing. But if you look at the offense, and I just I did some numbers here. Uh, after that LSU game, uh, the last one where they won twelve to two, Mercy ruled them. Uh, they they have outscored their opponent forty nine to thirteen. The last LSU game and then into the Ole Miss series. Uh, what has been the key to this offense that has just all of a sudden turned them into a, a spectacular juggernaut of offensive baseball? I think it's it's a combination of experience, just having a lot more at bats under their belt. Um, the fact that they have not really worn down after the season. they As the season has progressed, they've just heated up. Um, and the fact that their offensive approach is actually really what you need to attribute it to. Auburn is not going out there always expecting to swing for the fences that hit home runs. Like They are looking just to get on base. 
and you really saw that, um, particularly in that, that last LSU game where Auburn was very patient, um, let, let LSU make mistakes, took a bunch of walks. And even this weekend against Ole Miss, you really, you know, even with Auburn had a big lead, they, they did not um, sort of swing out of their shoes. They were really still trying to keep the pressure on and just keep getting on base any way they could. And even with offensive pressure, you know, with steals, um, hit and runs, everything else like that, I think that is the biggest thing has just been Auburn knows that it's, even though the power numbers have been there, that they're not really built to be a huge power team, um, and that really benefits them. I mean, you look like it's, you look at a team in like South Carolina um, that was sort of built on power, and now they're in a drought and they're scuffling a bit. Um, you know that if you have a balanced offense like Auburn has, you're going to be more competitive in more types of games. And I think that's really what what Auburn has showed is just their the plate approach and their discipline is is really the key to this offensive success. How big was Cole Foster this weekend for Auburn? I was huge. I mean, really, everybody was up and down the lineup. Yeah. And you can't, you can't really look at somebody and say they had a bad weekend. I mean, Cole was huge. Um, Cooper McMurray was huge. Um, really, one through nine in the lineup all contributed. Um, and I think that's sort of the, the best thing you can say is, is Auburn doesn't really have a top-heavy lineup. Like, um, even at the bottom of the order, those guys really produced in that first game um, and then just continued over. So, I mean, yeah, you could single out Cole, but really I think you have to – um, highlight everybody because everybody had a really, really good series. And even if you look at a guy like Chris Stanfield, who struggled in those in that double header game a little bit, he got a double in his last at bat on Friday, um, in the second game of the series, and then has a great turnaround on Saturday in that in that next game. And so Auburn really has not had any prolonged cold streaks in the lineup, and it's really helped out everybody. Kevin, when you look forward, I know we're still a couple weeks away from the selection show headed to the NCAA tournament, but with Auburn baseball having this recent run of success, been very hot here, what do they have to do over these next couple weeks leading up to the, the NCAA tournament to set themselves into a position that they could potentially host here? I know that, that you know it's still an outside chance, but what do you think the Tigers have to do themselves to set themselves in that, in that position? There is an outside chance, and I think that's one of the, the best things about this part of the season is that it's not something we were even talking about a while ago. And really, when folks had kind of mentioned it um, outside some of the prognosticators, people were just kind of laughing about it. But you have to look at it this way. Auburn has, um, Auburn has 14 SEC wins right now, I'm pretty sure. If they sweep Missouri, you're at 17. Um, RPI is already kind of there. Our, RPI is already at 20, and it's just going to keep going up. And so if you sweep Missouri and then win one or two in the SEC tournament, then I think you, you're really making yourself a case. The problem is going to come because um, in the SEC, it's already going to be so top-heavy when it comes to hosts, and they're going to want to spread those hosts out. And so when you look at – there's going to be 16 regional sites. And if you look at teams like LSU probably already has a, a site locked up. South Carolina, even though they're scuffling, probably has a site locked up. And then you've got you know Florida – Kentucky possibly, um, Vanderbilt possibly, definitely Arkansas. So you're, you're reaching a point there where you've already almost got six teams that are already kind of locks as hosts. Then you add in a school like a team like Alabama, which got which has gotten hot, has a higher RPI, um, and you know they may be able to, to host a little bit. And then they're going to put two others. They'll probably put one up north, maybe two at Boston College or um, UConn. They'll definitely have to have one out west, and they're one, they'll want to have one in the southwest um and so auburn is going to be on the outside looking in 
really what Auburn needs to, needs to happen is they need to do it. They need to take care of business themselves. I mean, you sweep Missouri, um, or you definitely have to take the series to Missouri, win one or two in the SEC tournament, and then you need some help. You need Ole Miss to kind of upset Alabama, push them down a little bit in the pecking order, um, and then outside of that, you're really just kind of hoping and um, praying that Auburn may get that opportunity. But even if they don't host a regional, from where they were in the middle of the season, to be able to just kind of feel comfortable just making a regional is a huge deal. And they're going to be a tough draw wherever they go, um, even if it's not at home. I'm not, I wouldn't even, at this point, looking at what happened with the selection show with softball, it's hard to even imagine or, or, or kind of pick what the uh, NCAA selection team would, would kind of um, think because you're, you're going to have one expectation going in and then it could really get turned on its head. And I, I, I think that the best case for Auburn right now is just to win the games they can and let everything that they can't control take care of itself. Looking ahead to this week for the Auburn Tigers, you were supposed to have a midweek game coming up tomorrow against Jacksonville State. That game has been canceled, and so now for Auburn, just three this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday against the Missouri Tigers. And this Missouri team, Kevin, coming off a very successful weekend against the Georgia Bulldogs, what can the Tiger, what can the Auburn Tigers expect from the visiting Missouri Tigers this weekend? They're they're a scrappy team. I mean, that's I mean, you, you hate to use I'm one of those cliches, but Missouri is very scrappy. Um, they're they're not a team that you can pinpoint and say, okay, they're going to beat us this way or they're going to play this way. Um, they're a team that we've probably not seen a lot of. Thankfully, we're playing them in Auburn and not in Missouri because, honestly, when it comes to SEC baseball, and Tennessee can attest to it, Georgia can attest to it, pretty much anybody in the league can attest to it, going up to Columbia, Missouri to play is horrible. Um, no one likes playing there, and it's just it is a very good home field advantage for Missouri. But we have the, you have it down here. Um, you have a team that's going to battle every at-bat, and you saw that in their sweep against Georgia. I mean, they had three straight walk-offs, um, and so they're going to they're going to feast on mistakes. So you have to have the pitching staff do what they've done, not give up walks, um, you know, not you know play clean defensively, um, and then hope the offense is is still clicking at a high level, and you should be able to take the series and hopefully sweep if you want if you can. Um, but yeah, Missouri's a team that. They're, they're not going to overwhelm you with power numbers. They are just going to try to get on base the same way as Auburn. They're very, they're made of very similarly to Auburn is offensively. Um, and they're going to try to run a lot, um, and just kind of disrupt any type of timing they can with the pitchers, uh, whoever's on the mound at that point. So it's going to be a fight because Missouri at this point is also playing for their, um, they're probably in the SEC tournament at this point. But right now, if they take a sweep, if they sweep Auburn or take the series from Auburn, they're in a discussion to make a regional. And so they're going to come in hungry and ready to prove something. And Missouri is a team that's given Auburn trouble in the past, even when they weren't in the league. I remember distinctly Missouri coming in. They were a Big 12 school. We played them in a non-conference series, and they, they beat Auburn. So it, it's definitely a team that Auburn can't take lightly. Um, and I think they realize that they're, they're, they've not, they're not going to and have not taken any opponent lightly. Um, it's just you just got to keep doing what you're doing and emphasizing the successes that you've had and just play the game and it'll all work out. Okay, he's a, a Plainsman Parking Lot on Twitter at AUPPL. Kevin, I know we mentioned this quite a bit when, when you come on, but one of my favorite things 
uh, from your Twitter account is the, the the previews you give out every almost every single day of what games are happening around college baseball, where you can find them on TV. When you look forward to this weekend, I know you mentioned that Alabama Ole Miss series. What other series this coming weekend do you think a lot of people need to be keeping their eye on? There's, I have to apologize. I haven't been able to do it in the past because I've been just busy with other stuff and work. And normally I'm, I'm making those early in the morning uh, before I get to work because the games change so quickly uh, with rainouts and stuff like that. But, um, you know, around the, around the league, the SEC, the biggest one um, is, is going to be you really kind of want to watch LSU series against Georgia. Um, that is going to be a big one because there is an outside shot. It is very, very unlikely. I'll just say this. But if Georgia was to sweep LSU and Auburn was to sweep Missouri, then Auburn kind of vaults up to second in the West. Um, and that's pretty big um, for a lot of reasons. But I, I don't really see that happening. Um, I know LSU has struggled outside of schemes um, for what they're trying to do. But uh, that's one you want to take a look at. Um, you want to kind of watch and see. Um, really, all, any SEC series, I think it's the – yeah, I got to double check because I was just looking at. It. I'm pretty sure Florida and Kentucky play each other. They may have already played, but if Florida um, and Kentucky actually, let me look it up real quick, just so I can see. I don't want to tell you wrong. Um, I really want to see. I know this is good radio right now. <laughs> um, I was going to say you have the luxury of looking this stuff up, as we don't. We don't still don't have internet at the station, so we're, okay. we're relying on you to tell us these things. All so, yes, Florida and Kentucky play this weekend. That's going to be a monster series because if Kentucky sweeps that series, they move from third in the East right now to first in the East. Um, and then with that, they're going to guarantee themselves either a one or two seed in the SEC tournament and probably a national seed. So Florida Kentucky is going to be huge. Um, really, this last weekend, every game is going to be meaningful in the SEC when it comes to um, when it comes to seeding and it comes to the NCAA tournament after that. And so, yeah, I would keep an eye on any game you could. And honestly, just watch any type of college baseball, and it's going to be great because um, the season is, 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 going to, is kind of winding down. Um, we've got the final regular season week, and then conference tournaments will start uh, next week. And then you've got the NCAA tournament. So you really only have about three, three weeks left with a lot of games. Um, and then it starts to dwindle down when you start to get into the, the, the super regional times. But I'd say watch anything you can, but – if you're an Auburn fan, keep an eye out for the Alabama Ole Miss series. Uh, become big Ole Miss fans. Um, and then just sort of really just watch as much Auburn baseball as you can this weekend. He's Kevin Ives, our college baseball expert. We have him in every single Monday at 4 o'clock. Kevin, we thank you for the time, and we cannot wait to talk to you next Monday as we're previewing the Auburn Tigers in the SEC tournament. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. It's Kevin Ives at AUPPL on Twitter, playing some parking lot joins us every single Monday throughout the college baseball season to talk all things Auburn baseball, college baseball, and more. Does a great job with uh, his uh, Twitter previews of the games. 334-887-34 and locally toll-free 888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on that Auburn Bank phone line. We go back to the Auburn Bank phone line with your calls after this break, first break of our number two. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, 
Roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back. Monday edition of Sports Call rolls on. Thanks to Kevin Ives in our last segment. He joins us every Monday talking college baseball. You missed that interview. Make sure you go check it out on the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever missed Sports Call Live or you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Join Ice Cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. Sports Call podcast available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and the Tiger Communications app. Guys, Kevin Ives always a always a great guest on Mondays, correct? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the dude's knowledge of Auburn baseball is—I uh, don't think you can yeah. match that with anybody. So, yeah, you have diehard football fans, you have some diehard basketball fans. Uh, Kevin is that diehard baseball fan. I, I mean, respect he, it, man. He—he's a big Auburn fan, but baseball is his thing. That—that that is Facts. that is what he looks forward to. That is where his knowledge is, and so. Uh, it's always great to uh, always good to get Kevin's opinions on things because he definitely has them. So he's always a great guest to have on with us. Yeah, and like I said, if you missed anything he said, as we uh, just wrapped up a weekend where Auburn baseball pretty dominant over Ole Miss, get the sweep in Oxford, and sixteen to four, eight to two, and thirteen to five. I'd say that's pretty dominant. That's that's pretty darn dominant. That was uh, that not a lot of doubt in that series, and you even yeah. had the two in the first two games were doubleheader too. Yeah. Yeah, the Thursday game rained out, and so you had to play two on Friday, and right. it did not phase them at all. No. Uh, in the 16-4, you know, uh, you get a mercy rule win in the first one. Uh, so you went back-to-back mercy rule games. You mercy ruled LSU in that last game, 12-2. to Then you get another mercy rule, 16-4 to over Ole Miss. You're up. Uh, they were, were they up 8 to nothing or 7 yes. to nothing? I think 7-0. 7-0. Or 9-0. Well, it was eight to two, so they didn't get the nine. Oh, no. oh, oh yeah. sorry, you're talking about the the other uh, the game, game the game two. But I mean, still, when you win eight to two, you're flirting, you're you're flirting with uh, with mercy rule in that one. Yeah, and then you win the next one, thirteen to five. You're flirting with mercy rule in that one. Ole Miss was able to get a couple runs across late, uh, but I mean that that's four in a row for Auburn that have either been mercy rule wins. Are flirting with mercy rule wins. I, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, just yeah. the offense is just caught. I mean, the whole team's caught fire. But I mean, dang, on the offense, like I said, you know, just in your last four games, you've outscored your opponents forty-nine to thirteen. It's ridiculous, ridiculous and, numbers. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. So hopefully, the Auburn baseball team can continue that hot streak going into this weekend, solidify themselves. As a uh, in, into the you know into that host conversation this weekend against Missouri. Missouri's the team had a very successful weekend over Georgia this past weekend. They're a dangerous team, as uh, Kevin Ives talked about. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. Let's go back to that Auburn Bank phone line now, and it is Matt from Tallahassee. Matt from Tallahassee from Casita for Auburn. Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful Monday? Uh, what's up, Brooke? What's up, man? Hey, how was how was your wedding? It was great, Matt. It was thanks for asking. It was it was so fun and uh and it was it was it was just it was great. I miss talking to you. Yeah, I haven't been on a Monday show in a while. Hey, 
Tom hasn't behaving, so he owes us two hundred and twenty five dollars. Tom you owes us two hundred and twenty five dollars. Oh man. You remember that, Tom? Oh yeah, I, I definitely remember that. You have to bring your checkbook next week. Uh, seriously. So what's that, Ryan? Ryan's not here today. It, it's uh, it's me, Tom, and Cam today. What's up, Cam? What's going on, Matt? Hey, what? Hey, so like, uh, what do you got? Hey, so, <clears throat> Brooke and Tom and Cam, what do you guys think about TJ Finley going to Texas State? I I think it's a good move for him. Um. I, I think he was going to need to go down to a lower level. He's obviously not SEC caliber. Uh, maybe he can crack a starting starting role there at Texas State and, and try to have some success. But it was definitely not happen uh, happening at, at either LSU or Auburn. So uh, maybe that smaller ball will fit him a little bit better. Cam, what do you guys think about it? I, I um, think it's I think it's a fine move. Yeah, I mean, you, I he's think gonna... it's a fine move. I've I've heard that he doesn't really have much of a chance to start i guess he's really really going to be competing for that that job but um apparently there's some other guys but there that are you know higher chance of starting than tj so he really went there i guess i'm not sure why he chose there it's it just seems like he's competing for that second string spot but we'll see um you know maybe he'll, he'll come in and with the with the ex- the experience that he does have in the SEC, maybe he'll be able to win the job. So I'm not as optimistic about it, but I think he just really wanted to get away from Auburn, and so um, you know he, he chose to go to Texas State and uh, be a, be a grad transfer. So one last year of, of at least being around a football field. Well, hey, I have a question, but uh, Brooke, I want to ask you and Kansas, what do you think about playing? Going with a dad to miss and playing against Auburn when Auburn played basketball against Ole Miss. Well, I'm, I don't know if he's officially said he's going to Ole Miss yet, but he's he's going to you know the transfer portal, and you know it, it's you know I think it's not shocking, but uh, I think that it, it's gonna you know it's a move that not a lot of people are surprised that it happened. When once once West Flanagan left, you kind of felt like uh, Alan Flanagan was gonna go and try his luck somewhere else and you know even if if West Flanagan had stayed at Auburn you you may have also seen Allen go somewhere else it may have been time for a change of scenery there Uh, I think he's a good basketball player I I don't know if he's going to be able to get back to that level we saw before he he had the big injury a couple years ago but you know we we uh we hope to hope he's good I hope he goes somewhere that that's able to uh get him close to that level and hope to see him at the next level someday what do you guys about the player from um Birmingham, number 24, coming back for another year. Uh, Leor Berman? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he was a good role player for this Tigers team last year. Came in, hit some big shots and some big pro, uh, some big, uh, some, some big situations. And so uh, I, I think he he's quickly became a fan favorite, as uh, Andy referred to him. Andy Bertram referred to him as the Bermanator. And so I, I think that he's, uh, he's going to bring a lot, of, uh, a lot of experience back to this basketball team that could be lacking a little experience next year. So I tell you. Uh, Brooke and Cam, what do you guys think about the player we got from Vanderbilt? The leading scorer from Vanderbilt, Auburn basketball. Uh, Tyron Lawrence, so he hasn't committed to Auburn yet. It's seeming very, very um, likely by the day that he is going to commit really soon. A uh, really talented player, can really put the ball in the, in the hoop, man. Um, 
you know, he really it seemed like he was interested in in going and trying to get to the NBA. Uh, it seems like he might need one more year of development, so he's going to come back down. Hopefully, he does commit to Auburn. Uh, it seems like Memphis is also making a push for him, as well as Vanderbilt wants him to come back. Um, but it is expected that he does come to Auburn, so we'll see. We just got to wait and see and wait for him to officially make that announcement that he is going to come uh, and, uh, and and be a uh, guard on the Plains. So, hey, so this is all three of our, all three of you guys. You guys can answer um, at one time. First, I want to talk about the Auburn Jacksonville State game tomorrow night. And do you know? Do you think Auburn can win that game? And then, uh, do you think they'll probably host a regional or or super regional? And then for softball, how do you think Auburn softball do in Clemson regional? So, uh, so first things first, Auburn baseball versus Jacksonville State. That game has been canceled. So, I uh, hate to disappoint you there, but those two will not be playing. Um, they just decided not to play the game. And uh, so, Auburn's next game will be against Missouri here at home uh, this weekend for the three-game set. So, uh, so that that's what's happening there. Uh, softball, can they win in their regional? I think they can, but it's going to be tough. Um, it, it's tough to win on the road. And uh, – you know, this, this team has had some ups and downs. I mean, there's been a lot of good. Obviously, Matty Penta is very good, but the hitting has kind of been suspect at times. Um, I think they can win the series, but or can win that regional, but it's it's going to be awful tough for them. Yeah. So, what a so what, um, Brooke, this yeah. is a question for you and Tom, and then Cam can jump in. I saw that Auburn was getting some more visits from like, Offensive linemen and some wide receivers from transfer portal for visits. I think one from Virginia. Uh-huh. What do you guys? What do you guys think about that? Uh, I think you know Hugh Freeze is continuing to do a good job in getting people in here at least for visits because you know you can't win recruiting battles if you don't have people on campus and you've got that new facility over there, the the football only facility that you show off and obviously it's paid a little a few dividends so far in the recruiting trail and. You know, the more people you get in, the more more uh, likely you are to convince some folks to sign with you. And so I, I think those, those are a couple positions of need. The offensive line, wide receivers are positions that Auburn needs to go at heavy, uh, hard and heavy here in the transfer portal going into next year. And, you know, you've, you've already seen that happening with Hugh Freeze. It's starting to slow down a little bit, but the the uh, I think Hugh Freeze and this uh, this football staff are still working really hard to get, his, uh, get some people in here. So, hey, Cam, this question is for you. Can I ask Tom a question? I All right. a question for you, Cam. What's up? First question is, what do you think that the wide receiver you've got from Ohio State, and do you think that will probably help – can I ask Tom this question? But do you think that will probably help Auburn? And do you think that Auburn could probably go 12-1? and one? Can I ask Tom that question? And I wonder what you and Brooke probably say about that. Um, I mean, I definitely think that um, Auburn needed some wide receiver depth, very much so. So he he um, he adds more to the table. I think he's just really helpful, and and he is a skilled position uh, that Auburn needed. Uh, I don't know if we go um, at twelve and one. I don't know how good Auburn's gonna be, but. Um, 
I, I do think that adding these guys, um, you know, I think they'll get a couple more wide receivers, hopefully, uh, to add to the room. Um, Hugh Freeze is, is trying really hard to improve the team as much as possible, as quickly as possible. Um, and, and he knows how important recruiting is and he's doing the best that he can. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think Auburn will be a pretty decent football team more than a lot of people are expecting. So, um, you can definitely be optimistic about that. So, okay. Last question. I probably would do this here. I don't know. Depends how I'm tired. Me and my mom and dad, we had to go, we had to go to Charleston, South Carolina. Cause one of my dad's friends, uh, wife was in the hospital for 28 days. I told Tom about it. Oh. And, um, she died, uh, he died Friday, and the funeral was Saturday. So I drove halfway to, from here to Columbus, Georgia, and Savannah, Georgia. And my dad drove rushed away. And I drove back, and um, I'm tired. I had bowling practice today. I had a party, and um, and so so. But I was going to probably say uh, to all three you guys that you guys can answer this question. Of Auburn plays Southern Cal in California. What do you guys think about that game? Do you think Auburn probably has a chance in that game and also against in Arkansas? And and do you think Auburn can beat Arkansas in Arkansas? And do you think Auburn can beat um, Ole Miss at Auburn and State at Auburn and LSU at Battle this year? And, uh, what do you think also about the Georgia Alabama game too? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to what you see come out of fall camp. I think Auburn's got a good chance to uh, to go out to California and, and possibly get a win out there. At Cal has Cal's been a team that's been up and down over the past few years, and uh, and they're they're a team that Auburn probably has a good chance to beat this coming year. I, I don't know if I would guarantee anything, but uh, I think that you you would look at Auburn maybe being favored in that game. Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, those games are a little more hard to predict, especially in the LSU game. Uh, the, those are kind of hard to predict, especially Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. Those are teams that, you know, they, they, they're they about on probably, you know, just a little bit better than Auburn, maybe on the same level as Auburn. They've got some good talent on those rosters, and so th- those games are going to be a little more hard to predict. I think that, that Georgia and that LSU game, uh, that's going to be a little the, the where the tough sledding comes in with this, ta- with this Auburn football team next year is, they're, those team two teams are gearing up to be some of the top teams in the country next year, and so uh, I don't know how good how how good it depends on how good Auburn comes out of the gates, how well they play. But uh, you know, I, I think that Georgia and LSU are the the two big dogs and two of the big dogs in the conference this year. So Cam and Tom, what do you think about the Auburn playing Cal in California in the uh, LSU Auburn game? So the. Cal, uh, Cal's not supposed to be very good, so it's a really good opportunity for Auburn to go out there and, and get a win. It's also uh, a good opportunity for Auburn fans to go out there to the Bay Area and pack out that stadium because Cal does not have a good fan base, they, and so there should be a whole lot of orange in that stadium. Um, so I think it's a it's a good chance to get a win early in the season. Uh, as far as the conference games go, LSU is going to be really tough again this year. Uh, they it's going to be kind of be between them and Alabama uh, for folks picking to who's going to win the West this year because people think Bama's going to be down a little bit. Um, Arkansas, uh, it, it's hard to tell what's going on with them. I think that's winnable for Auburn. Um, but now you're asking about Auburn getting to like 12 wins. I, I don't think that's going to happen this year. 
this is a stepping stone year for Hugh Freeze and, and this group to kind of get things back on the right track. But uh, I don't think Auburn fans uh, can have too high expectations for this year. I mean, there's still going to be some losses in there. Georgia's going to be dang near impossible to beat. Alabama's going to be tough to beat. LSU's going to be tough to beat. You've still got A&M. You've still got the Mississippi schools. So, I mean, it, it it's going to be tough. But, I mean, I, I think they're going to be better than they have been the last couple of years. But uh, 12 yeah. wins, I just don't see that happening. Well, well you think we play New Mexico State this year, too. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully that'll be a win. Yeah. But I, I think, like, and, and stuff, yeah, but I, like I was saying, like, usually when Georgia comes here, Auburn, Georgia does real good. Yeah, it's always a really good game. Georgia, Georgia's been having our number for a long time, and yeah. then we do good at Georgia. We do good, but like uh, I think, I think Cameron uh, Brook. I asked this question too before, but Cameron uh, Brook, do you think probably in the future the name Cadillac the head coach for Auburn? Um, I don't know. It, it it depends. I mean, he got the team very motivated last year and uh, was able to to do some good things at the end of the year after after Brian Harson was let go. But you know, it, it could be a possibility in the future. Uh, I you know, I, I think right now you you got to be you know concentrating on Hugh Freeze as the head coach and hope that he is uh, successful at Auburn. So, hey, so, so uh, Brooke and Cam, will you guys be at the Auburn Missouri game? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go to one of the baseball games. I don't know which one yet, though. I will be out Where? of town, so I won't be able to be there. Tom, are you gonna go? Um, I may try to get over there to one of them, but I I'm very possibly Saturday gonna be in in uh, Montgomery at a Montgomery Biscuits game, so I'm not sure if I'll be able to get over there to one of them. Oh, hey, 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 uh, Brooke. Yeah, Cam, I gotta tell you, I told Tom this. I got accepted to go to Torres for swimming. This week, hey, nice. look at that! Uh, for I'm fifty meter freestyle, the fifty back, and the relay. Well, we're rooting for you. So I'm I'm probably going to do probably three or four more years. I was talking to my swim coach. Yeah, but but I talked to my aunt. She said like people a hundred or hundred still can swim, but I've been doing Olympics for thirty two years since I was. Swimming until I was 14 or 15 years old, but I don't know if I can do 50 at 50 or not. But I want to talk to my swim coach and um, and stuff. But, but hey, I was going to ask you if you go to the Auburn baseball game, yeah, where are you like when you go to the baseball game? What side are you usually on so I can probably yell or wave to you or something like that? Uh, I I sit on both sides. A lot of times, I'm sitting down the the first base line, down the right field line, and so I, that that's where I usually go. Okay, because we're me and my dad, we he each had tickets, and we sit in the uh, the Tiger transit where uh, the fences. Yeah. You go. So just look for me and my dad, and um and stuff like that. I would like to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll, I'll see if I can find you. And I, and I told I told Tom this, and I told Brent, if you guys can try to get JJ, Tom, but you start trying to work, and you you can get JJ on the show trying to talk to him sometime. Yeah, we we're, we've been working on trying to get JJ on the show. I think that's some stuff that we've got planned for on down the road is trying to get him on the show with us again. 
Yeah, I did. It's time to be also either working getting Bruce Pearl and Cam Newton and my man, man, Devon Reed on. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely see what we can do about getting those guys in. So I can probably get Cadillac, and he could probably ask me please if I can come on the field or go in the locker room again. Because I like to do that. I do that with Pat Dye. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see if we can get someone on the on the show. And, like, so I can probably walk on the field or go in the locker room and um, stuff like that. So, but, uh, yeah, we, you got to wish me good luck. Um going to Troy and like I said I'm probably going to do it three or four more years um, I don't know if I can swim for three more three or four more years but I want to try yeah and so, so but my mom says she's going to try this summer so get me down to two pounds but I told my mom good luck with that but I might can do it I don't know but uh, uh I'm on 19 minutes oh my gosh <laughs> But, hey, uh, I will try. I can try to do this here. Like I said, I'm tired. Yeah. And stuff. So, but what do I always say? What do you always say? Are you ready to do this here? Absolutely, we are. All right. Let's do the countdown. Tom, what? are you ready? I'm ready. Cam, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, do the countdown. Right, five, five, four, four three, three, two, one. War Eagle. Eagle. Hey. Beat Bounty 13. Booyah. 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 You're coming to our field. We're going to knock you out of the playoffs. That's right. Hey, did you, did you guys hear that Bama? Would not make it to the college playoffs this year. Didn't they, hear that. They, they said that Bama is going to play in the Peach Bowl. Wow. Tulane. Wow. That would be fun. So, Bama, you're not going to college playoffs this year. We're kind of going to knock you guys out. That's right. <laughs> and, hey, if you guys caught this game, yeah, award Steve, time I said, Whoa, Eagle! We sure will. Hey, 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 Tom. Yes. Behave. I will do it. Hey, Brooke. Yeah. Have you ever had problems uh, keeping Tom straight? Uh huh. Maybe you can get your wife to uh, calm. Calm down. Uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Maybe your wife can whip him or something. Yeah. Hey, Cam, can you concentrate? I got you. Uh, hey, if you guys have a problem, you guys call my man, Devon Reed. That's right. And you get JJ to help you guys. Hey, I'll call you guys next Monday. You guys wish to uh, pray for me. We have a safe trip. Yeah. Down to Troy, come back on Sunday, and uh, I'll tell you how I did. And um, you got, my time's up. I'll talk to you guys next Monday. War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Matt. That was Matt from Tallahassee, Casita, for Auburn on the Auburn Bank phone line. Yeah, that's exciting. He gets to go down and compete in Troy. Some swimming. We always like to hear about Matt's swimming uh, career and his, his swimming um, 
his swimming competitions. He's a, he's a great swimmer. And, yeah, we'll have to look for him at the baseball game this coming week. Just a couple more, just about a minute left here before we hit our number three, the top of the hour break. Uh, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 9-TIGER-9 is how you get on that Auburn Bank phone line. Kim is going to leave us here at the top of the hour, and so it's just going to be me and Tom for the last hour of the show. We'll have our birthday, or we already did our birthdays in sports. Yeah. We'll have our best and worst of the weekend coming up at the bottom of the 5 o'clock hour. We'll also get to our nightly TV guide. Kim, this is the only time you're going to be on the show this week. I know. It's 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 sad, and we're going to miss you. True. You guys are going to miss me. Yeah. Hopefully you guys are going to miss me. We, we are going to miss you. Good. Who are, you, have, who are you again? <laughs> there he is. Be like, what's up, guys? And you're like, eh? Tom, you only do a Wednesday show with him, so you should know who he is. Uh, hey, well. Tom. Hey, what's up? <laughs> that is going to take us to the end of our number two on this Monday edition of Sports Call. Thanks to Matt from Tallahassee from Casita for Auburn for calling in. Thanks to Kevin Ives at the top of the hour for joining us as he does each and every Monday. One more hour to go on the other side of this break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call on a Monday coming at you live on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 in the Auburn Opelika area, and that is it. <laughs> Still without internet here at the Still station. No internet. We're, we, I, it, said, I called it the Stone Age. I was like, what are we back in the Stone Age? We apologize to anyone that's tries to stream, that has tried to stream us this afternoon. If you're listening to us on Tiger 95.9, the Auburn Opelika area, East Alabama area. We've been having some internet outage issues here. We've been uh, trying to get those resolved with our internet provider and our phone company. They're currently working on that. So hopefully we get those up sooner rather than later. But we are recording the show. We will have the podcast posted sooner rather than later hopefully the internet cooperates and you'll be able to catch us after the fact then and i'll tell you what with, with internet issues I, I mentioned this to tom earlier while we were in that extended break um you don't really know how connected you are into the internet until you do not have the internet to connect to and so yeah and especially with that extended break where you're just you know you're trying to figure out oh what are we going to talk about in the next segment let me look up some stuff well you have cell phones, and yet, you know, we're not completely cut off. We, we do have cellular data, and so we can look at stuff on, on our phones. But, 
you know, usually we've got a couple monitors up here where we're scrolling stuff. Tom's got his laptop out scrolling through stuff, trying to find stuff to talk about. And well, on my phone now. Cause. Yeah, the, but but that's the you know we're, we're so we usually have the TV going with Sports Center or something on. We're currently frozen with eight fifty six at the eight fifty six minute mark of the Leicester City Liverpool match that started at two o'clock, which I'm fairly certain is wrapped up by now. Don't have no idea who won, but it was nil nil at the time, and it was also brought to you by Jack Daniels uh, at at that moment. So we are who's playing in this game? Uh, Leicester City and Liverpool, Premier League action. So we had some soccer on. We'll uh, usually have that on, bring up some some stuff to talk about. But hopefully, we get these internet issues fixed, and we'll be able to bring you sports call. Just in case you know, wanted to know, Liverpool yeah. won three nil. Ah, didn't need Leicester to know that. City. Didn't need to know that. But Leicester City, Leicester City. But we roll on. On a Monday edition, just me and Tom for the final hour of the show today. As I said, Ryan Lavoie on a much-needed vacation. He'll be back tomorrow to host the Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Brant Daughtry also out today. Kim was here. Kim Barry was here for a little bit. He, uh, he Now he is gone. He'll be gone for the rest of the week. Tom, this is your only show for the week. You'll be gone for I'll, the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah, like I'm even. the only one here all five days. Yeah. I'm putting in the work here, so I don't know what everybody else is doing. But, you know, I'm here. Yeah. I, on my trip, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's going to be pleasure but to it just getting out of town and yeah. being down in Mobile and eating some great food. But, I mean, I'm going down there for a reason, going to for a, uh, my, my girlfriend's nephew graduating from high school down yeah. there. And so uh, I will be on the, uh, on the South Alabama campus watching a graduation. I'll be back Thursday. And, but now my, my vacation comes in July. I'm going to have a week in July. I will have a, a week in July where you will not hear my terrible voice on here <laughs> at all. It's not terrible, Tom. We love hearing your voice on here. Actually, I, I take that back. I think I will be actually here on the Monday. Oh. Well, you, you're going to do the reverse then. You're going to not. You're, no, you're going to do the same thing. Yeah. Because I'll be, be here Monday, be but here then Monday. I'll be gone Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I think, Saturday. I think the biggest problem that I have with everybody leaving me is I'm from the 251. Mm-hmm. I'm from Baldwin County, Alabama. Ryan, currently on a beach somewhere in the 251. Tom, you are going to the 251. Yep. And our, our good friend, former co-host of the program, Christian Page, I know he went on a, a trip down there. He didn't go to the 251, but he went to the 251 adjacent, I like to call Pensacola. Oh, okay. And so what I'm, what I'm really upset about is all three of y'all, and I'm, I am roping Christian into this, all three of y'all leaving, going down there. And like you said, you get, you get to eat some good food. I think that's what I'm most jealous about. Is that I know how good the food is down there, oh, and yet I know everybody else is getting to eat it, but I don't. Let me pull it. Where where did she? Let me see. Where we're supposed to be eating dinner? Half shell oyster. House. Oh, don't tell me that. Tuesday night. So yeah, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night I'll be picking it, pigging out at the half shell in Mobile, Just, Alabama. You know. And I, you know, I, I know I, I went on a week week cruise a couple weeks ago. I don't need to I don't need to complain. I went on a mm-hmm. I, I was gone for a week. Got married. I know. Left. Like, but the the fact that y'all get to eat two five one food and two five one adjacent food, and, and I don't. I'm just I'm just a little jealous. Yeah. I'm just not gonna lie. I, I'll tell you this. I and I was happy to see that, the, that seafood was on the menu because I'm one of those like if I'm down around Mobile, if I'm mm-hmm. anywhere down around yeah the Gulf. I have to eat seafood because oh, yeah. I know it's fresh. Oh yeah, it's like you know, yeah. You can find some fresh seafood around up here, but yeah, I mean when you're that close to the water, you know it's fresh. Oh yeah, because I mean, you know seafood around here, there is some fresh stuff, 
but it still has to get brought here. Right. And so it, it's still sitting on ice for a little bit. Sure. Some some of the restaurants down there, you know, it got pulled out of the water this morning. Mm-hmm. And it's now on my plate this afternoon. That's right. Can't get any fresher than that. No. So I was glad to see seafood on the menu. Yeah, there used to be, and I'm, I'm sure it's still there. When we used to have uh, some family get-togethers, one of our go-tos was a fish fry. Okay. We'd all we'd we'd get together for I mean, Fourth of July was the big one. We'd get together for a fish fry. Um, sometimes we'd go to the beach. Uh, one of our one of my aunt and uncle would rent, rent a beach house. We'd all go and get together for a day, um, and, and fish fry. But there was a, there's a place on. Uh, I think it's the Bon Secure River down there in Baldwin County, and they you know, it's the it's the the boats go out first you know right. early in the morning and they come back and so we would go down there, it, it, you know let's say it's on a Saturday we'd go down there Saturday morning nine a.m. right after the boats got back get the fish oh, get yeah. the shrimp and then go right back up and start frying it oh yeah. it didn't didn't sit it on ice didn't like it was just yeah. what the ice that it was on was the the ice packs that were in the ice chest sure. to get it. The, the 30 minutes back home and then you start frying it up heck yeah and then the best i'll tell you what the best is and i'm i hope I, I hope that you've experienced this in your life tom but when you sit there you you get to be the one of the tasters when this when it's coming out right and you just get a piece of white bread the, the fried fish and then some hot sauce yeah and that's all and you get to you have to sample it you're uh-huh. one of the samplers yeah, I, I'm all about it. By the time it's time to eat, you're like, I'm full. I'm yeah. good. Y'all, y'all go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I that that's my thing. Uh, you know, anybody that's ever met me can look at my belly and <laughs> tell that I like to eat. Same. So uh, you ain't got a belly like eat. Yeah, well, we're I, working. Yeah, I look like a pregnant woman <laughs> half the time. Um, so yeah, gonna go down there and uh, get some seafood. It's well, going to be nice. I hope you enjoy your time away. I hope yeah. you enjoy your time in the 251. It'll be nice to get away. I, I always enjoy a nice, leisurely getaway. Don't yeah. have to worry about anything. Yeah? So Don't have to worry about talking to talking to us? I, I enjoy talking to you. Do Most you? of the time. Okay. That, that's <laughs> a, 334-887-34 locally. Let's go ahead and hit our first break of the hour. I know we already had an extended break. But we we was, now need to reset to get yeah. back into the that was, sports. That was like a, that was like a brief wacky Wednesday on a Monday. We needed we needed some food talk time, and now we, we go to a quick break. We'll be back. Ryan Lavoy, who is on a beach somewhere, will also bring you the weather during this break. Brought to you by AU Credit Union, and then we'll be back and we'll talk some more sports. Don't worry, folks. And I'll tell you what, coming up after this break, we got a good giveaway for you. I got a surprise giveaway. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Want to call into the show? Send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail. Sports call at the tiger.fm. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Sports Call on a Monday rolls on. I'm Brooks Childress. Tom Peavy joining me in studio. Final hour of the program. Final, like, 40 minutes of the program, really. Internetless. Internetless. Program. We're back to we're, we're back to the days of yore. 
the old timey radio. It's a, you know, NASCAR had their throwback weekend this past weekend at Darlington. This is our throwback time. We're just oh. on the radio. There's no streaming. We're bringing you. Maybe should I talk? Should I talk in the like the 1940s? Welcome back to Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> the Braves had a humdinger yesterday against the Blue Jays. I'll, I'll, I won't do that the whole segment, but. Like we do want to talk about the Braves in this segment because we have been talking about baseball. We talk about Auburn baseball quite a bit here uh, lately, but we want to talk about the Braves. And with the when we talk about the Braves, we want to bring in the Tomahawk Chop because we like talking about the Braves. Yeah. Before we get into it, before we get to Tom's thoughts on the Braves recently, they open up a three-game series on the road at the Texas Rangers tonight. That game, I think it's a 7.05 first pitch coverage on the Braves Radio Network over on our sister station AM 1230 WAED gets started in about 30 minutes. So make sure you head over there and check that out right after we're done. But I, I teased a, a giveaway on the other side of the break. So any, anybody out there that's still listening to us, I got a giveaway for you. We like talking about the Braves. You like watching the Braves, listening to the Braves. How would you like to watch the Braves in person? I would love to watch the Braves in person. I would too. And you can, out there in the sports call world, if you call right now, next Thursday night, May 25th, the Atlanta Braves host the Philadelphia Phillies, and I've got four tickets for you for next Thursday night's game. 334-887-341, locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Must be able to pick those up here at the Tiger Communications offices on South College Street. But next Thursday, May 25th, 7.20 p.m. Eastern, first pitch, 6.20 Central Time. The Braves and the National League, the defending National League champion, Philadelphia Phillies, to open up Memorial Day weekend next weekend. What better way would you want to spend Memorial Day weekend than with the Braves? I don't think there's a better way. So I've got four tickets for you right now, 334-887-341, locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9, and you can claim those. Tom, four in a row the Braves have lost. What are your thoughts? Uh... They they need to they need to get back into their groove. Um, they, so the Braves have been in the midst of this big interleague run. Uh, they you know they played the Orioles. So the Braves you know when they were playing teams in the National League, they were just on fire. They they uh, had their last National League series against the Marlins and, uh, and and swept the Marlins. And you know they were one of the hottest teams in baseball. Six zero fourteen to six and six three over the Marlins. They kind of started struggling against the Orioles. They lost nine to four. They got a win five to four, uh, and a win three to two over the Orioles. And they split with the Red Sox, uh, winning the first game nine to three, and then they lost to five to two to the Red Sox. And now they're uh, then they just got swept by the Blue Jays, so they've lost uh, lost four in a row. And now they've got another interleague uh, series three game set with the Rangers. Uh, the biggest thing is that they've, they've got to get the offense figured out. Uh, you know, against the Blue Jays, you get shut out in, in the first game. You only score two in the second game. You do score five uh, in that next one, but your bullpen blows it in the last. So, uh, they're just – hopefully it's just a slump. Uh, we know that the Braves are really good. We know that they can be really good. Um, still one of the best records in baseball. So, I mean, they're they're very good team, but – they got to get the offense going, and it's it's not been one particular person. Uh, it's just kind of been up and down the lineup, uh, you know. And that and that first game against the Blue Jays, they uh, they ruined a, a great start by Spencer Strider. Yeah, fourteen strikeouts I think he had, but the offense just could not get anything done. 
So hopefully against the Rangers, they can get things back on track. Uh, they got the three against the Rangers, and then they've got three against the Mariners. So, yeah. I mean, this, this is a it, huge string I was gonna of say, interleague games that the Braves are playing right and, now. And then you're setting up for a big week next week. Well, you've you got, got the, the Rangers, the Mariners, and then, and then the, you've got the Dodgers and the Phillies. Yeah. And that's how you round out the month of yeah. May. And so, and it, it's a it's a tough spot to be in where you two of your top pitchers are out. Are out, that, and that that definitely hurts. Um, but you have to be able to move past that. I mean, yeah. that, that's what the good teams do. Uh, you can't let injuries like that just completely derail you. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it that stinks losing those pitchers. But guess what? Those pitchers aren't the ones out there swinging the bats True. either. Uh, you got to be able to get more offense going. Uh, man, I. I I hope they I hope they make some moves sometime, you know, when it once you start getting towards trade deadline and things like that. I just I don't see how Marcelo Zuna is going to continue to be a part of the team. I could be wrong. Uh but also, man, I I'm kind of hoping the Braves maybe try to hit the market and still a shortstop cuz uh that's kind of been a, a rough spot there, but I mean really that entire lineup at least over these last four games, just not really been getting it done, uh, not at the rate that they had been. So, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, Blue Jays are very good, though. Uh, that they you know they're, the Braves are not losing series to subpar teams. I mean, the Blue Jays are actually very, very good. So it stinks that you got swept. But, uh, you know, yeah. the Rangers, I think the Rangers are a little bit less than the Blue Jays. So maybe they can get it back on track. But they need to because, I mean, right now, I mean, I, I would definitely consider this – being in a slump, uh, even though, you know, it's just four games, but you don't want that slump to turn into a snowball and all yeah. of a sudden you, you just can't seem to put the pieces of it together. want to congratulate Nathan Lewis. He just called in, got those Braves tickets, four tickets the next Thursday's game against the Philadelphia Phillies. So Nathan and four friends will be heading on – or three friends will be heading on his way to see the Braves next week. Uh, and we may have more tic- ticket giveaways as the season progresses for the Braves. We'll, we'll see. And, of course, make sure you listen to the Braves every single day that they play on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD. The Braves did make a move today. Uh, Derek Rodriguez, a pitcher out of the uh, the Minnesota Twins organization, they put him out on waivers. The Braves claimed him off of waivers. Uh, he is uh, – you know, I'm, I'm looking at his stats right here. 30 years old, drafted by the Twins in the sixth round of 2011 MLB draft. So he's been in the Twins organization for a while. Uh, this year with the Twins, he's only had one game with the big club, and it, was, it, was, it wasn't pretty. He was a 13.50 ERA with them this year. But the rest of the time he spent down at their uh, in, in independent ball at St. Paul. So it wasn't. It hasn't been too long that he got picked up back, picked back up by the the Twins. Uh, but with independent ball, he was at two and zero with a four sixty six ERA over uh, seven games pitched, two started. So he's a bullpen guy. Nineteen and a third innings pitched. So not the not the big move you want, but it, it's a guy that's going to help bolster that bullpen a little bit, right. add some more depth to that bullpen, especially since like like we mentioned. You're down to your best starters. You're still waiting to see if Mike Soroka is going to come back. And you've been going more recently with some more bullpen days. The, the Braves, especially over the last two series, have had at least one bullpen day that you've seen. And th- this is going to help them, you know, have more depth in that bullpen. Uh, he's, he's not going to come in and be the shutout guy. And especially because, you know, one of the more weird things, I guess I say weird things, one of the more shocking things this year, 
uh, for the Braves has been the rapid decline of AJ Minter. Yeah, like it. It you, you thought you know you put him in the closer role and he he wasn't great and you're like well now that uh, Rasiel Iglesias came back you're like well we need to move him more into a setup role and the late innings guy maybe now he'll be better. It, it hasn't really improved that much since since getting moved away from that closer role. Yeah, um, you never want to you never want to have a pitcher that you like you said is quote rapid decline when you've got two that are now injured. Yeah. Like you, you gotta have, you gotta have those guys be able to step up and take out, take you know the take the reins whenever you lose somebody. You know it's next man up type mentality. Yeah. So you don't want a guy in rapid decline while you've already got two on the shelf for however long they're gonna be. So um, that, that's just kind of part of the of of Atlanta needing to figure it out. You know if if mentor if mentor can't figure it out, you know you you hope that. That maybe there's somebody at Gwinnett that you can bring up that can at least be more productive for you. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's what the Anthopolis and that front office are having to do, Snitker's having to do. Uh, but, you know, like I said, at right now, I mean, there's definitely no reason to hit a panic button if you're no. a Braves fan. I mean, there there's absolutely no reason to hit a panic button. Baseball's a long season, and, I mean, it, it ebbs and flows. You just don't want to – you don't want to hit a massive slump. Uh, especially with yeah. the red hot start that they had, you don't want to just completely fall off. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things that they need to figure out. Um, you know, yeah, Mentor has not been very good. Ozuna, outside of the, you know, he got hot there recently with with some home runs, but I mean, overall, Ozuna's just not getting it done. Um, oh, oh goodness, uh, uh, third baseman is Riley. Uh, Riley, Riley's not been doing very. Very yeah. good this year. He's been struggling. Uh, I think you still have that question at shortstop. I mean, with Dansby Swanson going out. Uh, well, know. what really hurt there was or, or, was Orlando Arcia came in when right. you had the question going into the season, and then Arcia really impressed in in spring training. Right, came in was pretty impressive that first pretty, week or two, and then decent. got hurt, and then he got hurt, and so that's and, what's and, really and, throwing and, the question right. mark. There. And Grissom was just not good. Yeah, uh, you brought Brendan Shoemaker in for a little bit. Um, that from the minors, so I, you know, I I don't know that I don't know that Orlando RC is going to be. I don't know that he's the shortstop that they want. Yeah, like moving forward, sure. like future. I mean, I, and that's why I'm wondering if that might be a spot that they look at. Look at you know, with a trade deadline. You know, if you try to do one of those big, you know, big big moves, because uh, they just it feels yeah, it just doesn't feel as reliable. Um, on the offensive and defensive side of things, I mean, you you had Dansby there for so long, yeah, and, and it just it, it felt reliable. And right now, I don't feel like they have a reliable person at shortstop, and uh, and that's a shame because that's very there's there's a reason that like the the best kid on the team always played shortstop <laughs> coming up through baseball. You got to have a reliable shortstop, yeah, and uh, don't know that they do. Um, and then the pitching thing. He's got to. That's obviously, you know, you got to get better stuff out of mentor. You got to get better stuff out of several of those guys that have have kind of hit hit a you know snag in what they've been doing. But I, yeah, definitely not panic button time. But you definitely like to see the Braves kind of get back in the right direction here against the Rangers. As we stand, May the fifth or May the fifteenth, twenty twenty three, the Atlanta Braves currently sit on top of the National League East with a twenty five and fifteen record, five games up of second place. Philadelphia, who is sitting at 20 and 20. They're at even 500 right now. 
The Mets five and a half games back, as well as the Marlins are both five and a half games back at 20 and 21. And the Nationals, poor Nationals, they sit there and, and it's, they're not terrible back, you know, terribly far back, but it's still early in the season. Eight games back, 17 and 23 on the year. The Braves just got done playing the Toronto Blue Jays, who sit in third in the American League East at 24 and 16, six game back, six games back of the Tampa Rays. And that, you know, that 20, 24 and 16 is about the same record as the Braves. Right. And then they open up a series tonight against the Texas Rangers, the AL West leading Texas Rangers, who are also at 25 and 15, the exact same record as the Braves. Yeah. They sit four games up of the Ugh. defending Houston, the defending World Series champion, Houston Astros. See, I thought, I thought the Rangers would be a step down from the uh, Blue Jays, but it sounds like it's about the same. The step down comes maybe this weekend. The Mariners. The Mariners are at 20 and 20, oh. five games back of those Rangers. But the Braves, as I said, open up three games tonight at Texas in Arlington. You can listen to that game over on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD. We head to our next break. When we come back, best and worst of the weekend. Maybe the Braves make an appearance on that. Who knows? We'll be right back. The Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger edition of sports call rolls on i'm brooks childress tom peavy's in studio with me yes. talking all things sports talking some food earlier thank you to everybody Super. that has tuned in and called in so far <laughs> I made there's some it. stuff on that menu man there's, there's like a redfish new orleans redfish orleans you're I already looking at it oh yes I know I'm going to be there and like, let me see what's on there. It's all some boudin balls. I'm oh, gonna get, no. I'm going to have to get some boudin balls. I made. I have to get me some oysters. I made a, uh, a new pasta dish last night. Hey, okay. That was basically, it, it was basically taking the filling from the inside of lasagna, you know, like the marinara, the ricotta cheese and sure. that, and just tossing it on uh New, like penne noodles okay. and you just you you ba- you you toss it in there and then bake it for 30 minutes with more with more marinara sauce and right. mozzarella on top delicious nice i was very Look at you chefing it up i know gordon ramsay would be proud impressed my, well i don't know if he'd be proud of that but it's probably <laughs> too dry <laughs> <laughs> too dry you donkey but yeah i i try my hand in the kitchen uh oh. i uh, Grace does a lot of the the midweek stuff because she gets home b- before I do. She gets off earlier, and so she gets back. She's able to start dinner before I get home. But on the weekends, I try to I try to step up and you know, you try to try to try my hand. I'm I'm very much an experimental cooker. Yeah. I I don't know if I've made the same thing twice. Usually, if I make something and it's good, she writes it down, puts it in her little recipe card uh, sure. holder and then she'll pull it out and make it during the week ah. but like on the weekends I, I like to experiment so we'll go to Kroger I'll, I'll you know see what I want to make pull it out sure. I made 
and I, I guess I'm gonna have to make it again because I don't remember the, I don't have the recipe and I know we didn't write it down because I made it by myself some meatballs yeah. and I made them into like a it was like a southwest meatball okay and so you had like the the taco seasoning in it and yeah. I made it into a sandwich and it was who I made that about two years ago and I, I think about that several times a week um thanks for listening to the show so far today we hope that this has not been one of your worst parts but we will now tell you what our best and worst of the weekend is, as we do every single Monday. Now, time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. Best and worst of the weekend. Tom, I'm going to let you lead off, and you uh, you go wherever you want to go with this. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll go, I'll start out with the worst. Uh, I, I just, I think, when we talked about it, uh, the uh, NCAA selection stuff with the softball. Yeah. Uh a lot of a lot of weird stuff there. Uh, like I said, we mentioned you know teams that finished worse than Auburn that Auburn beat got to host. Auburn does not get to host. Yeah. So there's that, and then I mentioned the South Alabama thing. You know that you know an incredible record at, for South Alabama, and they don't even make the tournament. But a team that they beat two out of three that had a much worse record than got in. And I want to say one of their the one, world. Of, one of South Alabama's wins was against Auburn. What I believe they beat Auburn in a game oh. earlier this year when they came up and played here at one of the uh, one of the early season tournaments. Sure. Or invitations. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I it just there was some there's definitely some stuff with the uh, softball selection that yeah. just really had a lot of people scratching their heads. Obviously the Auburn thing not getting a host when it kind of looked like they did and we, you know when we mentioned them finishing third in the SEC where they're the only third finisher to not host. Yeah. So, not really sure what happened there, but uh, that's definitely the worst. What's your best? I'm going to let you take the whole thing here. Oh, oh, oh thank you. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you got to go with what Auburn just did to Ole Miss. I, mm. I mean, just dismounted. But, I, but I, you know, I kind of want to, like, break that down in, to give the, the credit to the offense. Yeah. Um, the pitching has been fine. Tommy Ville has been great. Um, those other guys that are out there, Tommy Ville has been the main one that has really stepped up and has been so impressive. Pitching's great. However, it takes a little bit of pressure off of your pitching staff when you score 37 runs in three games. Three-seven. Three-set. 37 runs. That's a lot. They outscored Ole Miss 37-11 to 11 in those games. That included a 16-4 to 4 Mercy rule win, an eight to two win, and then a thirteen to five win. So yeah, I mean you take a lot of pressure off your pitching staff oh, yeah. when you do that. Also in that series, Auburn collected fifty hits. Five zero. Three games, fifty hits. Thirty seven runs on fifty hits in a three game series. It is the first time uh, it marks the most hits in an SEC series. Uh, for Auburn, they also recorded 50 in a three-game series at Kentucky way back in 1997. Gosh. 37, 37. runs on 50 hits. That's, Holy that is, crap, dude. That is bringing the, the bat to the yard. If it, if, it was, if it was wood bats, it would say bringing the lumber, but I guess they're bringing the aluminum. Yep. So, man, just what an offensive output. Goodness gracious! And like I said, the pitching is is there. It's fine. That pitching is great. But wow! I mean, yeah. when you when you're just putting up that many runs and you got the carousel going around the bases, it just takes so much pressure oh, yeah. off your pitching staff. And man, good job to those guys all around. 
we were sat here on this show after the Alabama series, and we were talking because they lost the Alabama series. And yeah. we're like, man, this is really bad. It's like this team is not good. They were struggling. Uh, what I had, I wrote down, I've still got my note here. Uh, they they were um, three. They they were sitting at three of their last eleven games after that uh, Alabama series. Yeah, yeah. Three of their last they they had only won three of their eleven, and they were listed as one of the first four out going into the Mississippi State series. Yeah, we we and said that was a pivotal series. It, we said it was a pivotal series. But then we're like, you know, man, they've got a huge hill to climb because, man, you got to go to number two South Carolina. You got number one LSU coming in here. And at that time, nobody was touching LSU. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you're like, you know, some of these other Ole Miss, pretty winnable. Missouri could be winnable. But, man, you know, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, they've put themselves in such a hole. Well, how wrong we were. <laughs> take the series over Mississippi State. Take the series over South Carolina. Take the series over LSU. Sweep Ole Miss. That's something. Yeah. I, I, man. It's They've exciting. Got a good job. They they have Butch Thompson has, I mean, you just talk about an incredible turnaround. I mean, from a team that was not going to make the NCAA tournament yeah. to, if things fall in the right place, could even be hosting. I mean, they have put themselves in that position. Still a long shot for that, just yeah. because they had dug such a hole. But man, just to get just to reach the tournament this oh, year. Oh yeah. Ooh, I have another worst. Uh oh. Ooh, I just thought about this. All right, go ahead. Real quick. Florida State baseball. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Did not make the ACC tournament. They also, meaning they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. That makes sense. For the first time in 45 years. Goodness gracious. FSU has been in the last 45 NCAA tournaments, and this year they will not be. That is so, a worst, especially no, for that fan base. For that fan base and that program. That, that's like one of those things where you're like, we expect to be like, we like, you're already booking your tickets when you buy the season sure. tickets. You're You've booking them. Yeah. It's 45 years in a row, they've been in the, at least hosting a regional or in a regional. That's th- what, three generate, two generations at least, three yeah. generations. I Never. Mean, that, that's almost as old as I am. There are, there are people out there <laughs> that have, have been alive, have never not seen their team, in that, that baseball team in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Man, but wow. not this year. First time in forty-five years, Florida wow. State, not even in the ACC tournament. Best and worst of the weekend as we get set to wrap up the show today. My best of the weekend. I'm going to go with Auburn baseball as well. Um, you know, it, I don't know what much, what more you could say. They they they've really turned it on as of late, and are and are just they are on fire. In fuego is uh, is it what is they say. In fuego. Um, they are they are on fire. My worst of the weekend, I'm going to go back to the Braves getting swept by the Blue Jays. I know the Blue Jays are a good team, but you got to take at least one of those up, up yeah. there. You got to take one of them. Um, you you've got to figure out how to how to win those games cuz, you know, you're 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 in a you're in a division right now that, you know, like I said, we we went through the the standings a while ago. You're the only team above 500 in your division. The Phillies are at 500. Everybody else is is below. So you know you've got you're taking advantage of those series right now. But when you go and you play these these teams like you've played you played Toronto, who's on your same level, you're playing the 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 Rangers tonight on your same level. You've got to go in and compete in these series because you know even though it's May, once you get to September and October, these are the types of teams you're going to be playing is teams that are on your same level, and you, you've got to be able to to win those series. I know it's still early, but you can never be too looking too far ahead in baseball because things can change in a minute. You go on a on a losing streak and you find yourself third or fourth in division and, and not in a good spot. So that is 
our best and worst of the weekend. And now, before we get set to wrap up the program, it's time for our nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Nightly TV Guy brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Stop by any one of your 17 local TK's convenience stores today and pick up a variety pack of White Claw. I was walking through Kroger yesterday. I didn't pick it up. I should have. But I saw some White Claw. I think it's like Surge. It's in the, the blue cans. Okay. Yeah. And they some of the flavors look pretty good. So I would highly recommend uh, giving those a try. Let me know how they are. Um, I'll have to grab them next time I'm inside, of a, inside the grocery store at TK's. TV Guide tonight, starting off at 7 o'clock on AMC. I fact-checked I, fa- I checked it because last time I put this on the on the, the, uh, the TV Guide, I got some blowback from it because I did not check to see what year it was. Ghostbusters is on night, 7 o'clock <laughs> AMC. It is the original Ghostbusters yeah, from right. 1974, I think. No, 84. 84. I went too far back. 1984 Ghostbusters is on tonight, 7 o'clock oh, AMC. The classic. Classic. Uh, f- also, 7 o'clock on Paramount, Raiders of the Lost Ark. First Indiana Jones. New Indiana Jones coming out this summer. You excited, Tom? Meh. Meh. I'm a big Indiana Jones fan. Sorry. I love it. Um, so Raiders of the Lost Ark tonight at 7 o'clock Paramount. Then at 7.30 on Freeform, it's The Proposal starring Ryan Reynolds. If you want some rom-com in your life tonight, there is that. Uh, sports on for you tonight. It's kind of a light schedule tonight. Not a lot going on tonight. Starting at 7 o'clock on ESPN. It's Seattle and Dallas in Game 7 of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs of the heading into the Western Conference finals one of these two teams will punch their way in tonight and then also 705 valley sports south we've mentioned it several times but the atlanta braves take on the texas rangers catch that game also on our sister station am 1230 waud for the braves radio network call tom what are you watching tonight the back of my eyelids ah so no no, no tv or anything You're i'm about to sleep. go i'm about to go home get a nap then i have to be at work oh, uh, no. tonight at 10 o'clock no. so well yeah i i that's the, that's my Monday. Well, I, it happens. Listen, I hope you enjoy your vacation. Well, your your trip. Mini, it, there you go. I hope you enjoy your trip. Vacation is in July. This is just a trip. Thank you for being here today. I enjoyed it. And uh, we will good talk job to you. out of the bullpen. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. We'll talk to you on next Monday. week. Next Monday. Yeah. Next Monday. So a week from today. And so for everybody else that tuned in and called in, thank you so much for listening, tuning in, calling in. I'm Brooke Shoulders. That was Tom Peavy. Thank you to Cam Berry for also being here. Ryan Lavoy back from vacation tomorrow and bring you a new live edition of Sports Call right here on Tiger 95.9.